Keep on talking in the free world. Good evening, kind sir. Greetings and salutations. Wow. What a night, man. What a night. What a nice. And I mean, listen, stone cold, turn back the clock, shock the hell out of me. I don't think we once even eluded to the possibility that he was going to have a match. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we did. He turned back the clock, dug deep, 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 super deep. That's a 10 out of 10 match for Stone Cold Steve Austin in his prime, let alone almost 60 years old. Gave us everything we could ask for and more, and then some. Certainly gave us one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time and a match that we'll be talking about, Darren, for the rest of our lives. It was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it was was something from top to bottom tonight. There was... There was a lot of stuff that went down tonight, for sure. And that and Stone Cold gave gave us his old time wrestling abilities and and gave Kevin Owens something that he'll never forget. Oh, gave him way more than what gave him way more than what he bargained for. Kevin Owens asked for it and he certainly got it. He got it he got it and then some and but listen Hats off to Kevin Owens for having the audacity, you know, to put his money where his mouth is. He brought him out there. You know, were you expecting Kevin Owens to challenge Stone Cold to a match? I certainly wasn't. Like we talked about it. Did we talk about it? We we had, there was, we knew there could have been a possibility that there was going to be a match. Right, like going into it, we knew that this was going to be a possibility. Like I did, anyways. I don't know about you, but I, I, I knew there was a possibility that this could turn into a full-on match. That it might not just be who can give the best stunner at the end of the night. Now, now, did we? Did I? Did I sit and think to myself? You know, it was going to be. Was it going to be what it was now? Like, was I didn't think Stone Cold was going to come out and be like that. And be able to give it all like you just did now. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I'm 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 getting old myself. I, I don't remember even thinking to myself that this was gonna happen. And I mean, I, I'm I'm in shock. I can't believe it. I'm smiling ear to ear. I and it just it just was the gift that kept kept on giving. It did like it just kept on giving. More and more and more. You know, I'm the first. I'm the first to do two things. I always say, in the end, when I'm watching wrestling, I'm the happiest I could ever be. So, in the end, you know, I, I may say this and say that, but I love it all regardless. They can do no wrong in my eyes. However, then when we're getting into it, then of course we're going to pick it apart. I mean, you know, it it was just it just kept on giving. It left us. I, I don't want any more. Not that I don't ever want, not that it couldn't have gone on forever, but I'm left not wanting for any more complete satisfaction ending WrestleMania day one. Complete satisfaction. You? Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Like, what they gave us tonight, 
I'm happy with. Well, I'm talking. Um, I'm, I'm talking but, specifically about Stone Cold though, right now though. Like, like I mean, for that, you know, I, I don't know, man. I'm on top of the world. You're not flying high after that. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it, you know, it could have went with Stone Cold. It could have went a whole of a lot different. He could have went out there and looked like some old fogey that has lost his entire wrestling ability and looked like he didn't know what the hell he was doing out there. But instead, somehow Stone Cold came out and fucking looked like he was, you know, twenty years old again and gave Kevin, you know, a, a showing of a lifetime. If that match had taken place in the Attitude Era in Stone Cold's prime, I challenge anyone to come away from that match having any type of criticism towards Stone Cold and what we were given tonight, right? To me, you know, that's a Stone Cold match top to bottom in any era. And, you know, the one thing that I, well, first and foremost, if, you know, we've talked about this before, this is Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show. WWE WrestleMania Day 1, provided by Off The Hook, the platform for the people. Follow Off The Hook on Twitter, at The Signal Is Busy, to get all the updates on when we're going to have the shows, live tweeting during the show, so on and so forth. But I don't want to go off too much on the rest of it, until we talk about this. So I'll stick to this. And like when Kevin Owens came out, you know, I, I was severely disappointed. It seemed like it was random. He just, his entrance just began, felt like the music, what didn't, didn't music didn't pop. It was all very odd. He just sort of showed up on the scene, officer on the scene, officer on the scene, just showed up. And then, you know, came to the ring. That didn't feel like a WrestleMania entrance to me. Uh, how about you? Like the Kevin Owens entrance felt like he was just showing up on a random Monday night raw. And even that, is a little bit more accentuated than what this was. It seemed like it just came out of nowhere, don't you think? It did, but at the same time, I think that's what Kevin Owens wanted. I don't think, you know, if Kevin Owens wanted a big thing, I think we would have done it, right? And, you know, we, we I, I can't remember if we've seen Kevin Owens at WrestleMania in big matches like this or big things like this. Like, I can't remember ever being wowed by Kevin Owens' entrance at WrestleMania. I don't know about you, but I know I can't. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know off the top of my head. So I hear what you're saying, though, and I do hear what you're saying as well about specifically in this moment. You know, maybe that's not what he was aiming for. He was coming in subdued, and then we talked. We did talk about this. He, you know, trying to lull Steve Austin in and, and sort of maybe put a twist on it. But we were thinking it might have just been a stunner. That was the only way he was going to get it off. But regardless, uh, you know, it was. I love the shirt. First of all, I'm definitely. I need one of those shirts. The KO Mania with Kevin Owens and Stone Cold on it. Uh, that's a great, great, great shirt. Kevin Owens yeah. has a lot of great shirts, in my opinion. Some iconic shirts. Uh, over over the years, but this one in particular, it's a must-have. Um, so he comes out and, you know, pretty much gives us what we thought he was going to give us. And then I think that if we were guessing, we would think that Stone Cold would just be like, you know, enough is enough. And then we get the pop and the glass breaking and all hell breaks loose. So when he came out to me, it, you know, just looking at him physically, of course, he's, you know, he's dressed exactly how we wanted him to be dressed. He looked exactly like we left him uh, 19 years ago. A little bit, maybe a little bit weight, a little bit of weight on him, but nothing, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. And he looked like Stone Cold. We wanted Stone Cold to look right. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that was complete satisfaction. Absolutely, so there was a part yeah. of me. I tried not to be critical. I tried to enjoy the moment. The crowd was an absolutely terrible crowd all night. Arguably the worst crowd of WrestleMania in WrestleMania history from my recollection, but that's neither here nor there. They went berserk uh, for Stone Cold and rightfully so. But my heart sunk a little bit because, you know, you know, we, we needed a vehicle entrance. And I mean, of course, we wanted the ATV if we were choosing. And then when he went back there, I thought to myself, now already, he's already given me what I want. And then some, he is, this is going to be an immaculate night. And this is even before I knew he was going to wrestle. When he went back there and got the ATV, how much did you love that? It, it was fantastic. And that's what we needed, right? And that's what we got. And And to your point, the crowd was garbage absolute garbage tonight there was times i was sitting there watching it and i'm thinking to myself like are are, are you is is this crowd even into this like is there any any enthusiasm to this crowd tonight like there was times where matches were going crazy it was back and forth back and forth and these guys were just sitting there like you know a normal sunday evening watching fucking the news and i'm like where the hell is everybody yeah atrocious absolutely atrocious uh they should be ashamed of themselves zero out of ten negative five thousand out of ten for the crowd i w- it was embarrassing and, and, and that green shirt man was there man like come on green shirt man get excited you know help this crowd out you know it's a great point you make because you know we don't we need to you know we've heard we've read some of the stories online and everything else but to my knowledge like i say he doesn't do interviews so but the point is is that you know there's obviously well i don't know i mean we're assuming there's no disputing he you know he lives and dies by wwe because he's there however there's a part of me it seems strange one i get the green shirt you know i don't get the green shirt i should say is that if Anyone, any of us who, who love WWE, let alone are there front and center every single pay-per-view, is that why aren't you in WWE shirts? Like, why aren't you wearing the gear? That, that, that blows my mind. He's emotionless at all times, uh, standing there or sitting there. And like you said, is that I don't know why he didn't get into it even himself. He looked like he was just there, you know, for a walk in the park. But... um you know, they came alive, and truth be told, though, even though they came alive and there was a massive pop for Stone Cold, they still didn't go as crazy as they should have. It wasn't sustained as much as I wanted it to be. I did not hear. I heard a little murmur at some point in the midway through the show of this is awesome. Barely. I thought I did, and I could be wrong. Other than that, I did not hear it the entire night. No holy shits. No, this is awesome. Nothing for Stone Cold. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Yeah, no, it, it it was it was um it was truly bad in the way this crowd was. It sort of you know, watching though that front row with where Green Shirt Man was, uh it sort of reminded me when uh when they used to put the, the president and all those guys, the high end of people, um in the in the shows at Saudi Arabia right up front and it was just like they didn't give a shit, right? Because they were like the president and all that. So that's what it sort of reminded me tonight. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Although we must say we must give a shout to Saudi Arabia before that was one of our criticisms previously, and uh, you know, and they changed that this year. They rearranged things. Yes. Now this one was in Jeddah as yeah. opposed to oh, no. I think maybe were they all in Jeddah? I thought one of them or some of them were previously in Riyadh. I, I, some of them were in Riyadh. Some of them. It's it's been back and forth. Yeah, and Jeddah is a very different dynamic than Riyadh. Uh, so you know, 
you know, for for Riyadh, it's going to be strictly royalty in the front. Uh, however, in Jeddah, it's a little it's a little bit of a different little bit of a different scenario. But regardless, yes, it was a much better vibe there. But I hear what you're saying is that front row, you know. I don't know. Like uh, uh, they didn't give me what I wanted, but when Stone Cold went back and got the ATV, I was happy. I was I was fulfilled right there in that moment. Then he comes down, and then you know he's knocking over the suns. He's giving us everything that we want. I was a little bit ticked off at, at Kevin Owens interrupting him going up on you know the, one of the turnbuckles when he destroyed one of the other signs. I was a little bit disappointed in Kevin Owens, like not letting it play out. But it all made sense afterward. Right, uh, but can you feel in that moment for a second that Kevin Owens like don't do what we don't want you to do, which is get a little bit ahead of yourself. You know he has a tendency to cut people off, like we said before. And I thought, here we go again. If you do this to Stone Cold, you really need your fucking head examined. Absolutely, yeah, 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 for sure. Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens really should uh, shouldn't have done any of that, um, and um, it, it could have been it could have been bad. Yeah, and, and so it, it, it kind of sorted itself out. I, I loved when, you know, Kevin Owens is good on the mic. I love when he said, all right, Steve, calm down. Let's just sit down, have a chat, relax. And then, of course, when Stone Cold laid into him and called him a stupid son of a bitch and, you know, jackass and all that other stuff, it was great. And then, and then we got it, man. Then we, you know, then we get the challenge. It, total, t- I was not expecting that at all all i really wasn't even watching it there wasn't even a part of me where i'm like well i wonder where this is going to go are we going to get a match nothing for you while you were watching unfold did you get any of that did you get that sense at the beginning no like i i I didn't i didn't think we were going to get it um you know but as it went on and you could sort of hear the conversation and you could I got a vibe from it as it went on that, you know, okay, this is, this is going to happen. We're going to get this because you could see, well, I could see anyways that, you know, the the vibe was changing and the way that things were going was going to change and that it looked like it was leading up to a match. I could see that. Um, and then when he says, you know, do you want to see, you know, Stone Cold versus Kevin Owens in a match? Give me a hell. Yeah. You know, that place, I think that was the only time they actually made some kind of noise that crowd because they were they they wanted yeah yeah it was good when he was like if you want to see me if you want to see me fight this sack of shit give me a hell yeah like it was uh you know and then and then when it started you know stone cold right away so i have to say like when you're watching it i i think probably we all were i was a little bit nervous wondering you know we all remember, and this certainly isn't a knock on the the great and iconic Undertaker, especially on a night where he was celebrated again for the Hall of Fame. But we do remember the Undertaker's, I don't know if it was his very last match, but the match at WrestleMania one year where it felt like, you know, I, I'm sure you remember this, obviously. It felt like it was, it, it just felt like he was just really forced and he could barely make it through. Do you remember that? Yeah, and and that yeah. that's what I thought maybe we were going to see here tonight. But you know, Stone Cold got those wooden knees working early, man. He was stomping mud holes early, mud holes early with the wooden knees. I was shocked. I was shocked. I mean, obviously he's been preparing for this. He's kept himself in great shape. We see him on his podcast all the time. Obviously, he's kept himself in great shape. But his knees were shot, you know, nineteen years ago. Let alone now, uh, uh, almost sixty, to be able to do what he did and then roll in and out of the ring and. 
and get up on the ropes, you know, no problem, throwing them on the table, getting flipped over outside, going into the crowd, getting suplex, giving two suplexes. I mean, he's going to be feeling the, the beers will ease the pain, but he's going to be feeling that night for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's going to be feeling it for sure. And, you know, he, he did very well. You know, you, I didn't... I didn't expect it to go as well as I did, um, to be honest with you, especially with his knees. And I was—I didn't expect him to do half of what he did out there tonight. That's for sure. I didn't either. When we finally, you know, found out that it was going to be a match, then I thought it was going to be an abbreviated version of the match. And then, okay, great, they're giving us a quote-unquote match, so it's better than nothing. So everyone will execute their stunners, no problem. And but, you know, like I said, we got a full-fledged. I don't know how long it went. Uh, this is a guess. I don't know if anyone knows in the comments they put it there if they know exactly how long it went there and if you know is that it felt like the actual match beginning to end once it started 15 minutes or so maybe I will I will definitely look into it yeah because I mean we weren't robbed at all and we got so we got the entrance that we wanted he was pumping beers throughout the entire match we got him spitting beer on Kevin Owens we got the mud holes we got it, we got the hell yes. We got the watts. We got the stunner. We got a second stunner, right? Even strong. Even Kevin Owens got his stunner off. We got suplexes. Then we had uh, out into the crowd in true no holds barred fashion. Then Kevin Owens tries to escape on the ATV. We got Stone Cold on the ATV again, and then throws him up and gets him up on the ramp. Suplexes him up on the up on the steel stage, and. Um, how did they transition back? When he, when he when he when he suplexed him on the stage, I think he just sort of rolled him down or threw him down the ramp, and he kind of found their way back. Right? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it went it it went just under fourteen minutes, thirteen minutes fifty five seconds. There you go. I mean. So I was pretty close, right? And, and I mean, that's you know, that's way more. If we had have known that this was going to be a match going into it, I think we all would have bet that it would have been short and sweet. And because of Stone Cold and his age and his body. And I mean, he, like I said, I, you know, I said this at the beginning, he dug super deep and gave us you know, one of the most memorable matches in, in recent history and a match that we'll be talking about for the rest of our lives. And then the fact that he, you know, he circled, but I love the fact that he brought his bro- brother in. Was it the brother that he threw the beer to in the crowd originally and then brought him in as well? Same guy? Yeah. So um, yeah. I love that. I mean, he really celebrated the moment. I love the fact that he gave the referee a beer. And then, you know, how beautiful. Was- I love Byron Saxton. Me personally, I got nothing but love for Byron Saxton. Byron Saxton is what the WWE and wrestling is all about. Not everybody can be edgy. You know, there are good guys. There's feel good guys. And he's a throwback to me. Byron Saxton would have fit in that role back in the 80s, in my opinion. Uh, kind of irritated me. Corey Graves kind of tipped his hand. Did you notice that? I did, yes. And, I yeah, did when Byron Saxton went, like, this is the best thing I've been waiting all my life for this. And I'm thinking, come on, man. You know, we, you know, we all know that you're going at Byron all the time, so you're not waiting all your life for Byron to have a beer with Stone Cold. You're not celebrating that. You're obviously alluding to the fact that he's going to give him the stunner. Like, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Corey Graves got on my nerves a few times tonight. He also yeah. came with some really good lines that I give him credit for, but he did get on my nerves a couple times. That irritated me, but I'll tell you what, is that, you know, Kevin Owens is 
one of the greatest wrestlers in WWE right now, and he didn't sell the stunner as good as Byron. Byron gave us a good old throwback to when The Rock used to sell the stunner. Yeah, exactly. He did. He he gave it the good old throwback like he, he should have, and, uh, and it, it looked real good tonight for him doing that. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I, I just I loved every second of it. Stone Cold, you could tell, was soaking in, loved every second of it. I wonder what the over-under was and how many beers he was going to have. I'm guessing, so I don't know what it was on, online. I'm sure that you could bet on it. Uh, I don't know. How many did he have? He had over 24, I would guess, right? Oh, probably, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, gonna, I'm throwing that out there to you. I'm hoping you can find the answer to that sometime throughout the show. Uh, I'd love to know. The over-under probably was a 2 4 and if I'm guessing, I'd say probably went over. But uh, I'd love to know that number. So? All right. Well, shall we Shall we go down the list? We shall. But you got so you got any final thoughts on – I mean, we'll circle back. We'll end with that match as well, I guess, when we give our, like, our absolute final thoughts on it. But any other words about it before we, uh, before we go back to the top of the show? I, I'm just in shock over how 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 well Stone Cold did tonight. You know, like if, if somebody had said to me, you know, Stone Cold was going to get a match to Kevin Owens and he's going to look like he should have, like he did, you know, at 20 years old, I, I would have told the guy, you know, you're an idiot, and and that would have been it, right? Because like no one could have convinced me that that's what he was going to be like tonight. There's no exactly. chance, and. Uh, you know, no chance in hell. Exactly, right? And uh, saying that, that's another guy that we missed tonight. Um, but we'll get into that after. Um, it would have been... I would have been surprised if anybody had told me that was what... what that's what the Stone Cold we would have got tonight. I wouldn't have believed that. Not in a million years. I love the fact... You know, he put a bow... Like, we're not going to see him wrestle ever again, obviously. He put... If you could ever, you know, on his wish list, he put a perfect bow on arguably the most iconic wrestling career of anyone of all time. I love the fact that he said, I have my first match in Dallas. How about I have my last match in Dallas? It was perfection top to bottom. You think about when we saw The Rock come back with the flamethrower on stage and it was just total nonsense. It was all fluff. And it, it, it was it was no substance. And then when he came in, I forget who we slapped around. Somebody, it was stupid. And then he left. Stone Cold, it, you know, turned the lights out in that motherfucker tonight, man. It was just pure gold. Absolutely. Absolutely it was. And uh, like I said, I, I'm in shock at how well he actually showed up tonight. And the kind of fight he gave, I was quite surprised by that. So, we're going to move on. We're going to go to the top of the show. Yeah, you got to reel me in, man. I'm a runaway train here when, when, with this match. I just, it's crazy. But, yeah, go on. Let's, let's, let's take it from the top. And just so you know, you know, this is how crazy I get for WrestleMania. The, from the time the kick, from the time that we did, from the time that we did uh, Talk That Talk, the pre-show... I've been so since we started that Mm -hmm. until right now, I lie right after we finished that because I was sitting down when we did that. And then so for the second hour of the kickoff show until right now, I've been standing in front of the TV the entire time. 
didn't sit once with the belt next to me the entire time. That, that's how mental I am. Okay. <laughs> and that's, that's a hand to God, honest to God truth. I, as soon as that started, I stood there. I didn't move. I didn't move for the entire show until right now I came and sat down. So you're like must be nice Yeah, I'm. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew, man. <laughs> Have you seen? You know that line? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So we're gonna. So we're, okay. Um, yeah, we're gonna start from the beginning, all over again, and we're gonna go down. And uh, so, just to put in perspective, tonight there was seventy-seven thousand eight hundred and ninety-nine people there in attendance. And they were fucking useless. Um, and that's the bottom line. So, here we go. So, before you get into the first match, let's speak about that for a moment. Because, yes, you're right. So, first and foremost, I, like, I didn't know. Jerry Jones, I mean, you know, Jerry Jones is the man. Owner of the Dallas Cowboys, of course. And it was in AT&T Stadium in, in Dallas. So, you knew it was going to be... He was... You know, he's all about the spectacle and he's all about putting on a show. So he had the Dallas uh, Cowboy cheerleaders come out. That was fine. The the, the national anthem, I thought, I, I w- it was underwhelming. The national anthem is supposed to give you chills. Like the national anthem is supposed to give you chills, especially at WrestleMania. And it didn't give me chills. I mean, I you know, it was appropriate that they had a country band doing the national anthem, but no chills for me. So I was disappointed with that. I mean, I go back to uh, I go back to Aretha Franklin singing god uh god bless america and i mean that i don't know how many years ago that was 20 years ago or whatever like that that's still sit wait hold on hold on sorry we had the national anthem i thought we sung america the beautiful america the beautiful sorry no tonight did they sing the america the beautiful or national anthem america the beautiful yeah, yeah, they sang America. Yeah. The, I'm like, where yeah. the hell was I? Where, where did? Oh, no, yeah, America sorry, that, that's my apology. Yes, that's what I meant, and not God bless America, America the beautiful. That's what I meant is that they always sing America the beautiful to kick off WrestleMania. And the point was, is what I was going back to is that, like, you know, I think Ray Charles did it one year, Aretha Franklin did it one year, and I mean, though, especially Aretha Franklin, like that's that's you know reminiscent of Whitney Houston singing the national anthem uh, at the NFL game after or after or during the Gulf War. So. This the bar is super high singing America the Beautiful at WrestleMania. These guys fell well short. It was uh ho hum for me. And uh Mark Wahlberg felt out of place to me doing the promo package in the beginning, although like you know, he didn't do a bad job, it just kind of felt very strange, especially uh, you know, if you're gonna get someone Hollywood to do it, you'd think it would be someone that has some kind of relationship with Texas. It just felt very out of place to me. But I love the thing when, you know, he he's alluding to the great ones and then we saw clips of uh saw clips of a lot of iconic moments in WrestleMania. And then just sort of going back to your final point there I don't know what the capacity is of AT&T Stadium. I don't know. Maybe if you could look that up for us, is that, uh, please, is that, uh, I don't know the capacity. For some reason, I thought they didn't once use the word sold out or sell out. They didn't use those words at all. So I'm assuming it wasn't, which would seem odd. And then, you know, I go back to the Pontiac Silverdome in Detroit, WrestleMania 3 with 92,000 or something. I don't know. For some reason, I always thought the Dallas Stadium that was 100,000 capacity or something in that range. So so it's 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 80,000, but it is expandable to 105,000. 
Right. So I'm guessing now when they say that, so 80,000 would be, you know, football games. And then I'm assuming they say expandable because when there's a concert or when there's something like this with WrestleMania and they're utilizing all of that floor space that they wouldn't be able to utilize for uh, a football game. Now, WrestleMania still has the stage that I would assume that, you know, they'd have the capacity to beat that record. I don't know. I could be wrong. That was on my mind, though. Well, exactly, right? Exactly, because back in 2016, at WrestleMania 32, when it was there, uh, 101,763 people were in attendance for WrestleMania 32. When it was where at, 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 at where? Oh, really? How, what was the what was the attendance? Um, 101,763. So there you go. So that so there's something wrong here, right? I don't know if it's the two-day... Re- so that one was a, re- a normal one-off WrestleMania, I'm assuming, back then, 32. Is that... Uh, I don't know. There's something wrong. I don't know if it's day one, day two. The, the crowd was... It was a funeral home in there, and 70,000, and it wasn't a sellout. And if it was a sellout, they would have told us. It doesn't all make sense to me, Darren. It seems strange. I mean, and, and you got Stone Cold returning to Dallas? Like, and I thought that anyone's going to anyone who's going to WrestleMania. I thought, I mean, I know you can buy individual nights, but I'm assuming that the majority of people you're buying the two the two nights. Like, who 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 the fuck's going to WrestleMania when it's day one and day two and buying only one night? You know, especially Stone Cold's on night one. It wouldn't that wouldn't make any sense? So I'm assuming everyone that was in the house is in the house for both nights. I guess I'm anxiously awaiting what the attendance is going to be tomorrow. Maybe that's going to answer a question, and maybe it's going to be if the crowd is a different vibe and they're more energetic and more into it, and there's more people than seventy thousand. Then I think we have our answer for you know the difference between day one and day two, right? Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll see what tomorrow brings. So just uh, just a recollection here for a second. WrestleMania 32 was the year that The Rock defeated Eric Rowan in six seconds. That was also the year that Roman Reigns defeated Triple H uh, to win the World Heavyweight Championship. So that's some of the matches. And The Undertaker defeated Shane McMahon in a Hell in a Cell match. That match was absolutely amazing. It definitely was. That was uh, that match went thirty minutes that night back in two thousand sixteen. I think that was the last time we saw uh, Undertaker look like the Undertaker. And correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was the following WrestleMania where he looked like it was it was near the end. I could be wrong about that, but it was one of those afterward. But the Undertaker late in his career, he also turned back the clock for that match with Shane McMahon. And then kudos to Shane McMahon, who's just, we miss Shane. We miss Shane. I mean, Shane is a staple at WrestleMania. So it's sad that whatever's happening there with the family, I don't know. But uh, that was probably the last time, time we saw the Undertaker in that type of fine form, don't you think, or no? Yeah, absolutely. For sure it was. For sure it definitely was. Um, okay. We are going to move on, and we're going to the top of the show. And, um, of course, so we had um, America the Beautiful sung by Brantley Gilbert. Um, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Uh, I don't know who he is. I've never heard of him. Yeah, but like, sorry to interrupt a sec, but like I said, I mean, it was appropriate. It was appropriate for this venue, and that's why I kind of thought that Mark Wahlberg was kind of out of place doing the promo package, not being from Texas, but uh, it fell short. 
Uh, anyone who's a true wrestling fan, true WrestleMania fan, you know, we're looking forward to America Beautiful. You know, appreciate this is Talk That Talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show. We're here before and after every Raw, SmackDown, WWE pay-per-view. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. We're taking calls throughout the show. We're just going to set the stage here and then go through each match. But, uh, you know, we go through every every iota of the night because, uh, you know, this is what's important to us, the actual nuts and bolts of the whole show. So, anyway, yeah, but uh, continue, Darren. Uh, so, you know, we'll... Um I wasn't impressed with with uh, with America the Beautiful at all. Um, Mark Wahlberg was useless, and so we move on to the Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs Titty Tom for the SmackDown <laughs> Tag Team Championships. And uh, you know, man, uh, as much as you know, I said that uh, in the pre-show that. Uh, you know, I, the Usos would win, and and fair enough, they did. There was still a little hope in me that uh, Titty Tom would walk out as as, as SmackDown Championships. Okay, yeah. So a few things on this. First of all, listen. Uh, like I said, I'm not a Pat McAfee fan outside of wrestling, but I mean, this guy is setting the bar. Soup. This guy is a throwback to Jesse the Body Ventura. And not saying he's the same, you know, obviously it's very, he's very different, but I mean, this guy really, we can't lose Pat McAfee. We can't. And I mean, I can't stand the guy outside of wrestling, but we can't lose him. So when he came on, when it led off with Michael Cole and Pat McAfee, you know, he set the stage well, and he's a genuine fan. It's pure love, pure joy. And, you know, to set it off, I think we talked about this on the pre-show is that would have been a great way. This was a match I think we were expecting to be early on. If not first, I think we called because of the fact that the Usos are, you know, high flying and always deliver in the ring. And that, you know, Shinsuke's entrance, although it's altered and diluted and turned upside down and not, you know, it's a shame. Shinsuke's entrance used to shut the place down. And the place in the building was rocking, everyone singing in unison. Now it's just turned upside down. But again, kudos to Pat McAfee. When, when, and, and I mean, Rick Boobs, aka Titty Tom, like when he gets on, it's, it's foolishness, but he sets the stage well. Shinsuke's music hits. Shinsuke is a rock star. And then Pat McAfee really, you know, he really raises the bar. Pat McAfee, love him or hate him, dancing on the desk, getting into it. Like it was a great way to start. But like I said on Talk That Talk, the pre-show, is that the Usos being the high-caliber wrestlers that they are, high flyers, technically sound, longest-reigning tag team champions in history, is that matched up with, although Rick Boobs has the strength, and we've commended him for that, and Shinsuke has a little different approach, although I love Shinsuke. Like, remember we talked about, and I said in the pre-show, that it wasn't going to mesh, and I don't, I wasn't expecting, it didn't, it did what exactly what I thought it was going to do. It, it, it was a, it's a mismatch in-ring situation, and they're not complementary styles. And then on top of that, Rick Boobs went and got injured and messed up the whole program as well. Yeah, it, it, it sucked for Rick Boobs to get injured. I think uh, I think that was really what turned this around, and uh, you know that's what really caused yeah. So what are we given? I mean, I, I, we're just sort of now it's kind of impromptu. Uh, I don't know if we're given a letter grade or. A, or out of 10, but, uh, you know, let's, let's for now, I, I think just on the fly, 
you know, what are we giving that out of 10? What are you giving that match out of 10 to start off the show, factoring in everything? Uh, I'm going, uh, oh, to God. <sighs> Sorry to put you on the spot. If you don't want to give that now, we'll circle back. Let's think about our, our, our number ranking. In the comments, you know, if, uh, if you got a ranking out of 10 for that match, we'd love to hear it. Put in your number out of 10 what you thought that match was with Rick Boobs and Shinsuke versus the Usos. Yeah, well, we'll circle back for sure that, uh, for sure on that. Um, one thing I do want to say quickly before we move on, um, we, we, we discussed all the matches on the pre-show, and there was one match we didn't get, uh, which was the New Day. So, now, I wasn't on, so from anyone, anyone who, who's listening, uh, for all things that are provided by Off the Hook, including Talk That Talk. Follow Off the Hook on Twitter at the Signal is Busy. So we were live tweeting all night from that account, but I must say, like, I wasn't looking around for anyone else's comments throughout the show. I was just sort of focused on, you know, preparing our notes for this evening and sending out our live tweets. But uh, did you look online or in the comments? Can anyone let us know w- what happened? Where did that match go? What happened? Why? Like, what happened is really, I guess, what we want to know. Exactly. Yeah, because I, uh, I, I was wondering where the new day was because you know they always bring out one of the greatest entrances in uh, for WrestleMania. You know, like we, like we spoke in the pre-show, the whole a big giant box of bootios that one year. You know, something always, always colorful, always magical, and uh, we never had it. So I, I don't know what happened there. I'm gonna try and see if I can find it myself. Yeah, and you know what my fear was? It's it's interesting because so now we're winding down. Like I've spoken about on the pre-show, and I'll say it again, it was extremely and super disrespectful to for both women's titles to be on day one and neither one of them given an opportunity in day two because Charlotte, Becky, Ron, well, Ronda is not Ronda's the exception, but I mean she's a huge star in general. Like I said, I have a love hate relationship with Ronda Rousey, but Charlotte, Bianca, Becky Lynch. These are massive WWE superstars at the top of the list in the company, period. And to have them all sandwiched on the one night, didn't appreciate it. And then when this match hadn't transpired, the the New Day and and Sheamus and those losers, is that my fear was, I was thinking, the alt, if if it could get more disrespectful, which I didn't think it could, does the WWE have the audacity to have both women's title matches and then put the New Day in and then Stone Cold? Then I would have been, I would have completely lost my fucking mind if that had to happen. And that's what I felt like was going to happen because we hadn't seen the match, right? So, yeah, exactly. So, according to this, according to what I'm seeing here, is that it was cut um, in the last minute because this match was technically supposed to go on. Um, following the Charlotte Ronda match, and Sheamus had put out a tweet just with the scissors emoji, basically saying that it was cut. So hold on a second. So uh, where are you saying you're? So you are saying that it it was scheduled to come on after Ronda and Charlotte, which would have been at the conclusion of both women's title matches. That's when it was scheduled Correct. for. That's when it was supposed to be scheduled for, from what I can see here. That it was supposed to be the it was supposed to be the slot 
right after Charlotte and Ronda's match. And obviously, I guess they were short on time where they wanted to give Stone Cold and Kevin Owens more time. I don't know what they what what happened there, but it was supposed to be then, and it was cut um, just like that. And that's and that's uh, Seamus did put out a tweet just with the scissors emoji, basically saying that it, it's, it's all, not happening. It's all very strange. I need to find out. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this at a later date. Uh, again, appreciate everybody, all the callers in the room. Uh, we're going to get to some calls later, so we'd love to hear what everyone has to say. Certainly hope that uh, you'll stay with us as we go through the whole show. I mean, this is WrestleMania. This is this is day one. Talk that talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show before and after every Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-view. And we certainly appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, would love to hear in the comments, please, what you think about the matches, uh, what your thoughts are for the evening, and then just some reaction to what we're saying and your two cents on the matches as well. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, I don't know. I guess we need to find out what went on there. Uh, very strange. So I'm assuming that it's something not good. I'm assuming there was some kind of drama. So, so a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, and even the article is saying that it could be, it might be added to a, to the pre-show tomorrow or they may end up just putting it on um, an episode of SmackDown. Maybe this week's SmackDown, they may put it on. So we'll see what happens with that match. Um, I kind of want to see what the entrance of the New Day would be like at WrestleMania this year, but we may not get it after all. Who knows? What the? Yeah, I don't know what the history is like on that, but I mean, this is a, it's a bit, forget the fact, doesn't matter who's involved in the match, to have a WrestleMania match cut last minute is not a normal thing. So, and you, you have to assume that if it was cut last minute, you have to assume that all the entrances were planned, all the outfits were put on, all the props that might have been included in the entrance were all ready to go. Everyone was obviously there. And then to have it cut. So, you know, you're assuming everyone's healthy if they're already there. And if it's cut last minute, then everyone's healthy. The only way that something could have gone wrong was an argument you know, some kind of dissension, some kind of argument, or if there was some kind of physical alterca- physical altercation, pardon me, that could have created an injury backstage. It doesn't make sense to me. And then we were expecting, or I was expecting, you know, all three of the New Day to be there, reunited, a phenomenal entrance, like you said, you know, remnant, uh, reminiscent of them, uh, the New Day coming out of the Budios box. So very disappointing. But the fact that it was scheduled for after both women's title matches, as much as I love the New Day, and I love the New Day is that if I had a choice, better off to be cut because if that's the case and that really is true, I mean, I don't know what is going on over there. It can't get that, – that so, that's so, pretty disrespectful, sorry. Darren. Sorry, to your point here, um, this is not the first time a WrestleMania match has been scrapped in the last minute, um, to, your, to your point there. So back in WrestleMania 29, back in 2013, there was a match supposed to be between – the Bellas, Cody Rhodes, and Damian Sandow against tons of funk and the Funkadactyls, and that was cut um, due to CM Punk versus The Undertaker going too long. Wow. So, you know, ironically enough, you know, what are the chances that Cody Rhodes was involved in that, right? Uh, but exactly. so I think you might you might be on to something when you said earlier it might be a time. I mean, you said that, right? It might be a time constraint thing. So uh, you could be very right. It's hard stuff. Well, 
like I, I don't know if we would say it was a time constraint. I'm thinking that they wanted to give more time to Kevin Owens and and Stone Cold, right? Is what I'm thinking. Um, so they're just like, yeah, well, you know, this is the one match that is next, so we're scrapping just see you later, right? I, I don't think it was anything to do, you know, with Sheamus or Ridge Holland and or the New Day. I think it was my mind, anyways. I think it was they wanted to give more time to Seth to Seth to Kevin Owens and to Stone Cold. So you know that was the one match that had to get sacrificed as it was the next one following uh, Charlotte and and Ronda and the one prior to uh, Kevin Owens's segment. So I think that's what happened there. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think and it's one and the same. That that's what I was saying is that time constraint meaning that you know. We're, we're talk that talk is broadcast live from Toronto and we still have, we access the WWE network directly from the WWE network or our cable provider, not through Peacock. And I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't know all the ins and outs, but my understanding and, and we, you know, someone can let us know in the comments, please, is that my understanding in the United States where it's accessed through Peacock, that's the only access now. And, you know, there was on a side note, I think there was, you know, a lot of people upset that a lot of the catalog was, was altered or edited or it's all being scrubbed and you know so uh something should be scrubbed so i certainly am not saying that but the point was was that a lot of it was inaccessible but my point is is that now that it's directly through peacock through peacock cable provider and not directly through the wwe network there's hard stops right like you're on a cable network now or, or whatever peacock is again someone can let us know in the comments but there's hard stops they're scheduling based on uh based on um advertisers for the next show that's about to come on Peacock, whereas when it was strictly broadcast on the WWE Network or it truly was a one-off pay-per-view, standalone pay-per-view, which is a thing of the past, really, you know, for the most part, uh, for all intents and purposes, is that you could just go on for however long you wanted to go on. So, you know, so yeah, I think you're right. And then, so meaning that, you know, certainly Stone Cold wasn't getting shut down early. So if they had a hard stop, then they weren't taking any chances to make sure that Stone Cold got the full run like he should have got, right? That's what makes sense to me, too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yep. All right. We're okay, so hold on. on. Sorry, Phil says in the thing, no scheduling for Peacock. It's a streaming app. Okay, so then maybe that's not the case. So then maybe they do have it. Uh, so then maybe they do have it uh, wide open. So maybe there's something else to it for that, that other than that. So thanks for that, Phil. Um, I, I honestly, I think uh, I think it's um, I think it's just literally they wanted to give Kevin Owens more time. All right. I'm going to take it as that, right? Because if if you know it's WrestleMania, man, it's on your own. It's on your own network. It's and there's no scheduling on Peacock, so you can't run over time, right? So, you know, you, you just got to think that it's well. This is the one match that's next, and we want to give more time to Kevin Owens. So, see you later, boys. Yeah, but sorry, and I know we're I know we're beating this to death, but you know it's WrestleMania. Like you know we could be here all night. So here's the thing, though, is that I hear what you're saying, but I guess the part that doesn't make sense to me. If there's no hard stop, then you can still give Stone Cold and Kevin Owens all the time you want. You can unless you just wanted to end it at a certain time and you didn't want it to go till two o'clock in the morning. It, it definitely could have been that way too, right? Maybe they did have a time stop, as you know. You basically got to get everybody back there tomorrow. 
right? So you got to get, and I'm pretty sure, and I don't know this, but I don't know if, you know, like Roman Reigns and those guys that are there tomorrow are going to be there tonight. I don't know how that works exactly. But, you know, for for the refs, the camera crew and, you know, Vince and all those guys, they're going to be there tomorrow. So unless they're trying to get those guys rested for tomorrow, so they're just like, well, that's it. We're stopping it at this time. Call it a day. Uh, that's the only way I can look at it. All right. Let's uh, – we shall see, I guess. Again, this is we appreciate everybody uh, listening. Hope everyone's enjoying. Please put your uh, – weigh in in the comments. Weigh in on the comments on the matches. We'd love to also like to know as we're going through the matches what everyone thinks, you know, about what we're saying about the match, your own feelings about the match. We're taking calls throughout the show. We'll take some calls to get everyone's comments and input. And also, you know, we're going to start uh, like to hear everyone's ranking out of 10 for each match as well. Also like to hear just, you know, how everyone felt about the show. We've been saying all along for anyone that wasn't with us at the beginning at Talk That Talk is that, the crowd should be ashamed of themselves. You know, really, it was silence of the lambs on there. It really was. Uh, so, anyway, we got, let, let's start moving through these matches, Darren. Yep, absolutely. So, now we're going to go on to uh, the Scottish Warrior and Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin with uh, Matt Hatter. Um, and, uh, you know, Drew pulled it off, man. He really did. He pulled it off, and I was very happy for him that he pulled it off. He, uh, you know, and I love the end there when he when he's, he cut the ropes with Angela. You know, Matt Hatter thought he could get in there and and, uh, and definitely try to get the best of Drew McIntyre, but it didn't happen because McIntyre scared the shit out of him by cutting those ropes. Well, here's the thing. So you know that, and anyone who's been listening to talk that talk throughout the road to WrestleMania, and then on the pre-show as well, and after SmackDown and Hall of Fame ceremony last night. Listen, I'm not a Drew McIntyre fan. Never was. However, Baron Corbin went way too far. You know, went way too far. Uh, For some reason, it was lost on me that Angela was named after Drew McIntyre's mother. I don't know. I mean, I I knew, but I didn't know. I was just lost on me. So the point is, is that when Baron Corbin went way, happy Corbin, pardon me, way, 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 way too far. And fucking then 10,000 light years after that, talking about Drew McIntyre's mother passing away, just, you know, disrespect is putting it lightly. So I was rolling with Drew tonight. Aye, it's a bunny cereal. And the Scottish Warrior, I really was, and you know, Darren, I said, I mean, I was, I wasn't saying that sarcastically. I really was rolling with him, but I did say during the pre-show it was an uphill battle. It was going to be an uphill battle tonight because if he's looking to align himself for a run at the big boys, at the Roman Reigns of the world, the Brock Lesnar's of the world, uh, I, I again, Kevin Owens of the world. The Seth Rollins of the world, even though these guys might seem a touch smaller, they're not their big boys too, is that, you know, he was really, this was not a match that was being talked about. Drew Corbin, uh, Happy Corbin, you know, well, and his sidekick, whatever that we call him, Brendan Schaub. He looks like Brendan Schaub. He has shitty jokes like Brendan Schaub. A short, we roll with, with Shabby. That's what we're calling that punk. And then you got Happy Corbin, Drew Baron Corbin, Down and Out Corbin, Hit the Lottery Corbin, who the fuck knows. But the point was was that there's not a lot that we were talking about. And Drew should have put a beating on both of them and really turned the lights out in order to catapult himself. I don't think he did that. 
I really don't. And I'm being honest. That's not me being a, you know, aside from this matchup, I'm not a Drew McIntyre fan, but for this particular moment, I was, I will say, I mean, I, I put, I put, whoa, in, in all capital letters on my notes when Drew went over the ropes, R- reminded me of when Roman Reigns, I don't know, Roman Reigns doesn't do that a lot now, but you know, Roman Reigns was doing that for a while, right? And uh, with the swanton over the top ropes, Drew McIntyre is massive. And, and for him to do the swanton over the ropes like that uh, was impressive. So I thought he was on his way. But, you know, he's missing something, man. He's missing something. He's the only one. And tonight, he was the first one ever uh, to ever kick out of end of days, which was impressive. So I, like, I'm, I'm kind of talking myself into it, but he did the swanton. He's the first one to kick out of end of days. He, he, he lands the claymore. Uh, he, he he shuts down the ring, with, with collapsing the ropes with Angela, right? And uh, he celebrates with the crowd. You know, he gave the crowd some love. A little, little lost Lotharios action, right? He was he was just celebrating with the ladies in the front row. He was soaking it all in. So it, it was kind of there. So if I wasn't looking for him to catapult himself into that upper echelon, which I don't believe he can, and I didn't believe that he was going to, but that's what he's looking to do, then he fell short of that, in my opinion. I'd like to know, I mean, I know you're a huge Drew McIntyre fan, and I really would like to know your honest opinion. And everyone uh, everyone in the comments as well, Nathan says that WrestleMania as a whole was 8 out of 5 to 9 out of 10. Interesting. Interesting. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. WrestleMania to me can do no wrong. So, <coughs> pardon me. So I'm always going to give it a high ranking, but uh, I'd like to hear more about that from Nathan as well. But for this match, you know, I'd like to know, Darren, honestly, is that objectively speaking, do you think that considering the level of competition as well that Drew McIntyre was facing, did his performance tonight say that the next stop is the Roman Reigns and the Brock Lesnar's of the world? Like it, it, it wasn't the greatest performance of, of Drew. That's for damn sure. Um, you know, he could have he could have really taken Corbin to town and and beat the shit out of him. And that's what we were. I think that's what you and I were both hoping for tonight. Um, it didn't happen, and it should have. Um, is he potentially going to go against? Oh, yes, I do believe he will. And I, and, and I think you got to look at it this way too. It, it's, it's happy Corbin. Like, yeah, he should have beat the shit out of him, but I, I think you gotta, you, you take each match as it is and how, how big it is and, and you go with it on how big it is. Right. I think, you know, we've seen him for championships as, as a champion and we've seen what he does when he is the champion and when he's, he's defending it or is going forward. He brings it all. And, and I think that's what you, you're going to get once he is in that, that match. If it is against uh, Roman Reigns or if it's against Brock, depending on how the income outcome comes tomorrow night. Um, so yes, I do believe he, he should be still next in line. Um, and, uh, I look forward to it. Okay, fair enough. We agree to disagree there. I, I think he fell well short. I think if we were, you know, and this is brands aside, so I'm not, I'm not getting into Raw versus SmackDown. Uh, just in general, because you know there can always be trades, there can always be a shakeup, and of course we have the draft that always takes place annually. But you know, in the pecking order for me, you know, just off the top of my head, you know, the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. I'm trying to think if anyone else I would put ahead of Drew McIntyre as well. But uh, all right, fair enough. We shall see. 
you know, it, it, it's going to be, and, and, and really when you say brands aside, like they're technically speaking after tomorrow night, there won't be, you know, brands aside because it's, it's one champion, right? He's, he's gotta, he's gotta defend against both brands now. Um, according to what's going to happen, it's going to be one shot, one title. That's it. So whoever wins this tomorrow night between Roman and Brock, it's, they've got a, they're defending on both. They're defending against both shows. So there's no, there's no brand to side anymore. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah. So, you know, we could talk forever and a day about this. We're going to have to do a belt show in general, but you know, we need more belts, not less belts in my opinion. Uh, I, I was always a fan of when, when I always wanted like definitive separation for both brands I know it's been back and forth, back and forth, but before it even started officially and they went to separate networks and there's true division and they're both live because it was a long time there, SmackDown wasn't live, is that I always wanted that and I always wanted individual belts per show and then an overarching belt for a unified champion. And I mean, I am completely against abolishing the individual brand belts. I think there should be a Raw champion, heavyweight, intercontinental, tag team, and even one more. I'm not a big fan of the United States. Like I think they need to come up with something different than the United States Championship. Me personally, it just you know doesn't really make sense to me. It, you know, this is an international brand, so I don't know. That's kind of lost on me. But the point is, is that you know, unified belt, heavyweight, intercontinental, Ron SmackDown tag team, Ron SmackDown, and one more belt. Plus, I wouldn't even mind a 24/7 on both brands. And the women need the exact same. We have an unlimited women superstars. Sorry, sorry, there. We have unlimited women superstars, but yet, you know, there's hardly any belts on the go. There's no intercontinental belt, and there needs to be one on both brands. So, sorry, you want to say something? Angel says Brock is winning tomorrow. Yeah, well, I think you know, Angela, uh, Angel, sorry, has been on here speaking uh, in Brock's favor many times, and I appreciate the love you're showing Brock. I got love for Brock as well. He's in the finest form that he's ever been in the history of his career, and that's saying something, especially at his age now. And after diverticulitis, uh, I think you pronounce it, you know, in his UFC career, and he's been through, you know, war upon war upon war. And then here he is in his finest form ever. Doesn't get enough credit for that at all. And he's absolute magic on magic on the mic. Who knew? Uh, but we'll get into that. You know, uh, Angel, certainly, if you're looking forward to that match and anybody else, Again, talk that talk. The official live fan reaction call-in show will be here an hour before uh, WrestleMania tomorrow night and then immediately following it. Perhaps two hours before WrestleMania because we might do an hour before the kickoff show. But, uh, Darren, what are we saying? Five or six? So, you know, check in again. Follow off the hook on at Twitter at The Signal is Busy to see if we're on five or six. I think it's undecided. But, um what was I saying about uh, I lost my train of thought there. What was I talking about before we jumped into Brock for a second? We were talking about, we were going on about Drew McIntyre. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, we shall see. Oh, about the belts. So yeah, like I said, is that there, there needs to be more belts, not less belts. You know, we have unlimited superstars on both brands. And, and truth be told, is there's arguably more true quote-unquote superstars in the women's division than the men's division, and they have less belts. It all makes no sense to me, but uh, we'll see. I mean, we're about to see it. We're about to see it unfold, I guess. Are they presenting this at the Monday, uh, the Raw, Monday Night Raw after 
WrestleMania? Is that when we're going to see the unified belt? Uh, that has not. I haven't heard nothing about when that's happening. If if they're going to walk out of WrestleMania with two belts, or you know they walk in with both belts and they leave with just one, I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's a mistake. It, it really is. It's a mistake. They've got they've got it all backward. But uh, yes. So we're moving on. We're going to go to Rey Mysterio, the Mysterios versus The Miz and Logan Paul. The Miz. I can't stand that guy with passion. Um, and uh, no Maurice. Highly disappointing. I don't understand it. You know what? She's realized that uh, he's on A-lister. Oh, here you go. So, listen, this is a Hollywood. He's a Hollywood A-lister. He's a Hollywood A-lister, and so is Maurice. I was I was extremely disappointed. Iconic entrance from the Miz always, but it's not the same without Maurice. It's Miz and Mrs. And uh, I was disappointed. I really was disappointed. I spoke about it on the pre-show that uh, you know I really wanted to uh, I really wanted to see her. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Darren, too, is that. Once we go through every match, I think then we should go back and then obviously it would just be very streamlined. Once we're done everything for everyone, uh, all the callers and everyone uh, listening, is that when we're finished, we'll go through each match and give our ranking out of 10 and then try to get in as many callers and give your ranking out of 10 and, uh, you know, quick quick 10 seconds, 15, 30 seconds on why you, you know, why you have that score. So, Okay. Yeah, no, 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 Maurice. I was disappointed. Logan Paul is a rock star, man. Logan Paul is a rock star. Uh, love him or hate him, and, and love or hate Jake Paul. But I mean, you know, Logan Paul gave. Be- now I don't. I don't think he exceeded it. Uh, I'm torn, but I don't think he exceeded it. And because I'm torn, I think I'm answering my own question. But you know, on the heels of Bad Bunny. You know, shutting the place down and getting credit from everyone, the Undertaker included, saying that he was by far the best celebrity wrestler of all time, by far, and and could fit in seamlessly into the WWE. He was that good and that well prepared and that athletic. So, but Logan Paul didn't exceed that. But he, you know, he threw his hat in the ring. He gave him a run for his money. I mean, he was pretty impressive tonight, I thought. Like you said, he was no. He definitely was no bad bunny. Um, he was okay, in my opinion. Uh, I, I I didn't think he was going to be, you know, bad bunny for sure. Um, but he was okay. He he got he he helped the Miz win, um, and, and and that was really all that they had to do. They won the match. They were quite happy. Uh, I, I definitely thought it was going to be the Mysterios winning this match. Uh, from from the when the night started, so. It is what it is. You know, it's it's the Miz. Um, he's the Z-lister for sure. <laughs> okay. So a couple of things I want to touch on in this. I mean, there, there was a lot There was a lot to digest there. Um, you know, when they had the lead up to it. I mean, there was a lot of lead up to this. First of all, I love the moments they showed. You know, we've seen it before, but just speaking specifically tonight, I love the moments they show of Dominic as a kid. You know, it is it is special, man. First father and son tag team duo in the history uh, of WWE at WrestleMania as well. And then to see Dominic with his father as a little boy, and then with Eddie Guerrero. You know, you know, thoughts and prayers, of course, always to Eddie Guerrero's friends and family. Is that uh, it, it's pretty special. It, it really is. And then 
you know, Logan did a lot of shit talking leading up to this, which is what he does. And then you had the Miz taking the mask from Ray and then Ray taking it back from Logan Paul. And then you had Dominic weighing in. And I mean, there was a lot of build up to this. I was really looking forward to this. I don't know if it lived up to my expectations, to be honest, but uh, I did enjoy it. But uh, I love, you know, uh, Ray and Dominic coming out with the USA and Mexico outfits, you know, for Ray and then for Dominic, I'm, I, I'm born in the States, is that gave me a little, uh, it made me think of Oscar de la Hoya coming out with the USA and Mexico flags all through the years. I don't know how old everyone is in the, in, in the audience, but, uh, you know, Oscar de la Hoya, Mexican-American coming out with those flags in, in his heyday. There was nothing like it. That's what it kind of reminded me of tonight. Um but uh, I, again, like I said, is that uh, it, it kind of it kind of felt short a little bit. But come on, man! I mean, Logan doing the splits over uh, Ray a couple times and landing in the splits, and then you know Dominic was on fire tonight too. Dominic doing you know spinning off the top rope outside the ring was also pretty in, impressive. This is another moment that I was talking about. Corey Graves got on my nerves a couple minutes, a couple times. That Corey Graves took a shot at Byron Saxton during that. Do you remember this when he's like, Byron, you've never been in a fight. Byron was wrestling the WWE just the same way Corey Graves was wrestling the WWE. Does Byron have more matches than Corey Graves? Was Corey Graves? How many matches did Corey Graves had in the WWE versus Byron Saxon? Maybe I got that wrong. But and you know, and Byron Saxon is double the size. You could take him and fire him into the fifteenth row. Did you catch I that? Did. I definitely did. Um, and I, of course, I will get you your info. Keep talking. Sorry, my mute button was uh, stuck there. Yeah, so I didn't like that. I, I like the back and forth, but you know, I don't mind. I don't mind the back and forth, and certainly, you know, I'm not an advocate of, of uh, the softness of the new generation. Not saying everyone in the new generation is soft, but you know, uh, I, I'm all for you know, we're going to war, we're going to war. But there's a back and forth. Just again, I know I'm going back and dating myself, but I mean, Jesse the Body Ventura was perfect at it. Is that there's a back and forth, but there's a certain level of mutual respect as well, and and, and to allow everybody to be a part of the banter back and forth. Corey's, you know, fucked up sometimes for me, man. It, like you know, anyway, didn't like it. I like to see Byron lean over and slap the shit out of him one time, give him a backhander. That's just me personally, but. Uh, you know, Logan had a couple more. Oh, hold on a second here. So. Let's let's not get crazy. Is that so? We had Ray try to give the three amigos and, and didn't work, and then we had Logan Paul pull off the three amigos, and then flips up top rope, shoulder shake, Eddie Guerrero frog splash, and then two, and then Dominic kicks out, which I was shocked. But I mean, just that sequence alone. From Logan Paul, you, like there's a lot of work. This is not something he's doing every day. That was super impressive, man. Disrespectful, but super impressive athletically. And then, of course, we had the double six nine, uh, and then the Miz saves the day with the skull crushing finale, right? But and then, of course, in true Dumbiz form, I mean, what a way to end it. And you called it, I think, earlier too. The Miz is slippery, man. He's the slipperiest of slippery. And he, you know, it was a beautiful moment. Now, the only thing that, that I would say if I'm Logan Paul, where the hell are you at, Jake Paul? 
Jake Paul was on the pre-show talking a lot of smack to everyone in the crowd, and, and we've seen him bang it out in the ring. Where were you? You should have been on standby to help your brother out. That, like That's what I said on the pre-show, is that, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be the other way around. But anyway, so, but Jake Paul should have been out there to rescue Logan. They should have put a beat down on Dumb Miz, even though the Miz is my boy. I was a little disappointed in Jake Paul. But I'm expecting, I, I would, I'm here for a Paul Brothers tag team. You know, a, kind of a reoccurring role, even if it's on, you know, a pay-per-view basis or sporadically. I'm here for that. I'll leave it at that. But the Miz didn't disappoint with, uh, you know, with, with being who he is. Teaching Logan Paul should be should have been known better than that. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, just to your point, I'm still looking into Byron Saxon. Okay, fair and, enough. Uh, Corey Graves on his uh, his wrestling. He uh, in WWE he was um, one win, twenty two losses in his time in as wrestling in WWE. Wow, that's pretty drastic. Now, so so twenty three matches in general. First of all, terrible record. But you know that I say that respectfully, meaning that you know hats off to anyone who who makes it in the WWE. Period. But I mean, we're just we're calling it like it is. Uh, still, quite a few matches that uh, I didn't. I don't think I realized he had that many. And then you know, it obviously is terrible that he had the neck injury and uh, um and, and that he had to bow out. But um, I'd be interested to know how many matches Byron had. But I did want to go back. I know this kind of seems a little bit. So he was sorry. He was uh, Byron Saxon was six wins, sixteen losses. Wow. So hold on. So so six wins, sixteen losses. So at twenty two, what was Byron? Uh, what was uh? So did you say what was he one and what? Uh, one and twenty two for for Corey, and <laughs> six and sixteen for Byron. So that's hilarious. So Corey Graves had one more f- match than uh, Byron. Uh, like that, that is hilarious. How coincidental was that? He literally had one more match. Um, yeah. I know this seems kind of totally off the beaten path, but like I said, is that uh, we like to we we like to get into every every moment from the time that the show starts until it ends, regardless of if it's Raw, SmackDown, or pay per view. I gotta say, and I'd love to hear people in the comments as well, is that how great is the and i'm not a Seamus fan but how great is the snickers commercial that we saw earlier during i think it was be, just before drew mcintyre right no just after when and i'm sure it's been on before but i don't think i really took it in when the guy and the and the girl come up to Seamus, and then the girl puts uh her, i guess i'm assuming it's her boyfriend or the guy that she's with anyway uh puts him on blast saying that uh rich holland's back it was sore from carrying Seamus, and then said something about bagpipes did, did you see that commercial I did, yeah. I yeah, I love. I mean, I, I thought it was worthy of mentioning because it, it was well done and uh, really well done by everybody involved. I love when Seamus looked at the guy and said, "You said that, really? You're going to say that?" Uh, and then, then, then the, the girlfriend was like, "Yeah, yeah, he definitely said it." <laughs> it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. Um, okay, we're going to move on. Um, this, this, this. I was uh, wasn't a big fan of this part here, which was Stephanie McMahon. Uh, she came out and um, she basically introduced Gable Steveson. Um, uh, I was I was kind of hoping there would have been a, some kind of match or something like that for this guy. Um, like when are we when are we going to see this guy in the ring? 
You know, we constantly are getting shown videos of him winning NCAA titles. You know, we keep hearing that he's the number one draft pick for Monday Night Raw. You bring him to WrestleMania, like, put him in something. Give him a match. Let's get this rolling already. Like, I'm, I'm, I wasn't feeling all this this nonsense tonight for that. Well, it's interesting you say that because... <sighs> I have a little bit of a different take is that we do agree that I wasn't feeling that segment at all either. I was very happy. I love Stephanie McMahon and uh, I think we all agree. I mean, Stephanie McMahon is the true heir to the throne. Stephanie McMahon is, you know, is, uh, I wouldn't say spitting image of her father, but the point is, is that, you know, she is the heir apparent and she has the attributes most like her father, you know, uh, business savvy, ruthless, kind hearted, but ruthless nonetheless. And I miss her. I, I miss her being involved on a day to day basis. There was no happier time for me in recent memory anyway, when Stephanie and Shane were doing Raw and SmackDown and you know, we had everyone all in the family again. So it was really good to see her. I definitely miss her. And of course I would love to have her back full time capacity. Uh, I think we all know that that's never going to happen, especially with what's going on with her family and now triple H. So part of me kind of felt bad too is that with triple h going through what he's going through and then hopefully he you know he's a picture of health for the rest of his life and um so that was on my mind but as far as this guy uh, like i wasn't looking for a match i got no use for the guy uh, like to me personally i got no use for him uh, i'm not expecting anything i don't expect i'm not expecting a successful wwe career i don't think it's there i don't get it uh, to me it doesn't translate yes i know they're trying to pitch the medals on us you know th- there's there's not a lot of kurt angles right so it, it takes a lot more than that not putting any disrespect on those accomplishments because they're fantastic and they're well-earned and a lot of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears go into it, but it's not automatic translation into longevity in the WWE. Anyway, I got no use for him. I agree with you. It was all strange and Stephanie putting her stamp on him. It felt like, you know, she's endorsing him and we're supposed to show him some love. I got no use for it at all, but I was really happy to see Stephanie. So I was fine with that. All right. Uh, we're moving on. We're going to head to the, uh, Raw Women's Championship match, uh, which was Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. What a hell of a match. What a hell of a match. I really and truly enjoyed it. It lived up to what we were hoping for in the pre-show. Both women gave it their all. And, uh, you know, Becky showing off her her new hairdo that uh, thanks to Bianca cutting off. You know, chunks of her hair on Monday there, this past Monday on Monday Night Raw. But I, I highly enjoyed this match. I thought it was very entertaining. Uh, kudos to both women for giving that kind of match because it was one hell of a match. And uh, both of them should be happy with what they gave tonight. And congratulations to Bianca Belair for being the new champion for Monday Night Raw. Agreed. Well said. And I mean, this match is in the conversation for the match of the night. No question. This was one of my, I think this was the match that I, for me personally, uh, this was the match that I was most looking forward to. And that like I called for on the pre-show that, well, the one that I was looking forward to the most. And um, so a few things about this match, Uh, you know, they, they did, they left it all in the ring. Uh, there's, there's quite a few things I want to say about this. First of all, 
I don't also, I don't recall, and again, like maybe it'll be different tomorrow, I don't know, but this is the whole WrestleMania day one and day two that doesn't make sense, is that I don't recall a WrestleMania with as many lackluster entrances. So Becky Finch, okay, so she pulled up in the white SUV, Hollywood style, and she got out of it. You know, that was it. You know, Other than that, was a straight-up entrance. Bianca Belair, that's how you make an entrance, right? She had the marching band. Uh, it's in Texas. That's how you make an entrance, and so that was the real first entrance of the evening. And Bianca Belair is a superstar, right? And she, you know, that was the real first entrance of the night. But I have to say this, is that, like, you know, I have to sort of go back on a couple of things that I said. You know, I've been showing Bianca Belair a lot of love, and, and, and so I should, because I do have a lot of love for her. I think she's phenomenal. But, you know, uh, uh, legit, you and I always agreed on the legit boss being our favorite as far as the uh, WWE women superstars, right? Absolutely, always. Always. And, you know, I feel like I haven't been giving her as much love as I should be giving her uh, because, you know, I was kind of giving Bianca Belair her props. And so I kind of felt bad about that as I was watching this match. I'm kind of a little bit off topic here. But the thing is, is that uh, Sasha Banks is the legit boss. Number one. Number one in my heart. Number one. What's the saying? What's the saying? What's the, what's the movie with The Rock with the little girl? Game plan? You know that yeah. movie? Yeah. Yeah. Game plan. Yeah. What's the saying? Number one in your number one your program, number one in your heart? I can't remember what the saying is. If anyone in the comments remembers it, throw it out there. What is it? Number one number one in your program, number one. I, I can't remember. But the point is is that she's number one. And then ironically enough, I was calling for Bianca Belair to win, and she did, but she didn't deserve to I don't know if she didn't deserve to win that match. You deserve what you get. So I shouldn't say that, so I'll correct myself. But you know, I love Becky Lynch. So I really do. And after, you know, as much love as I give Charlotte, she's not my favorite. You know, legit boss is number one. Becky Lynch is number two. And and I kind of had to remind myself of that tonight. And I don't think I've, I think I've kind of gotten away from that or even forgot myself is that when her music hits, like her, I love her music and I love where her music hits and she's reinvented it. I don't know if she's walking a fine line of reinventing herself too many times and not sticking with, you know, what we know and love her for. But every time she's reinvented herself, it's been perfection. You remember when Be- Becky Lynch started when she had the goggles out and she came out, you know, you know, airplane mode. It, it looked like it wasn't all going to work. And then all of a sudden she turned it all around with, uh, you know, I think when she went after Charlotte, I'm going way back now, but the point was ever since then she's been flying high, but she's reinvented herself a few times. And, um, her wrestling tonight, Becky Lynch was arguably the best I've ever seen her wrestle Darren. Right. Like she really, really, uh, pulled out a lot of moves, a lot of high flying moves, a lot of technical moves. And, you know, Pretty much that entire match was dominated by Becky Lynch pretty much from beginning to end. And, you know, there were some vicious parts of that match as well, where Bianca Belair took that when Becky Lynch did the somersault off the top rope and Becky and Bianca Belair took that heel to the face. Remember that part of it? Yeah, for sure. That was, that was insane. Like they both like, and, but, but like we said in the pre-show though, like, you know, Becky Lynch, we knew she had to come and bring her all. And she very well did that tonight. Yeah, she didn't walk away still champion, but she gave it her best, and that's what she had to do. And we knew that she had to going into this. Because like we said, she is slowly, you know, she is falling down there. 
down the list, you know, and and, and so I, I do believe she she did what we said she had to do. She brought it all tonight and she gave it her best. Yeah, it didn't work out for her in the end, but at the same time, you know, we haven't seen Becky Lynch give this kind of match in a while. Yes, I know she was away. She she had a child and all that, and she really hasn't had many matches since she's come back to defend that title. Um, but tonight she proved you know what she what she what she can do and what we were used to seeing and she still got it and uh she's not going she's not going anywhere anytime soon that's for sure yeah and i mean i think that it's all the more impressive right like that she took not only did she take time so first of all you're you're not wrestling so so you're out of the ring and you're rusty then you go through uh a full pregnancy and then you go through uh after you have the child and 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 getting just getting acclimated to being, you know, getting your body back to where it was before you became pregnant. That's a whole situation. Then not that that's to say nothing about now you have a new person in this world that you're raising. So to take all of that on in your prime and then to come back, I mean, you know, of course, Serena Williams is at the top of the list for just one of the greatest athletes of all time, men or women, won the Australian. Did she win the Australian Open that year? Competed in the Australian Open, we found out after the fact, pregnant. Competed in the Australian Open while she was pregnant. I mean, you're talking, again, one of the greatest athletes. She's in the conversation for the greatest athlete of all time, but uh, I digress. So the thing for Becky Lynch, though, is that then to go and then come back. She was in her prime. And then when you come back, the work that Becky Lynch must have put in because Becky Lynch came back physically in the best shape that we've ever seen her entire life. And she was in phenomenal shape before she left. And then again, that's from a physical standpoint. And then to reinvent yourself again from a character standpoint. And then her wrestling has just been improved by leaps and bounds. It's, it's super impressive. And then tonight, like I said, I thought she, I thought she stole the show. Corey Graves said it right. Corey Graves is an idiot again for saying that, you know, when Bianca Belair started her entrance and then with the marching brand, band, Corey Graves, if anyone hurt, said, what the hell is this? Like, how asinine of a comment is that? Like, how out of touch are you with the universe that you say, what, this is the first entrance, quote unquote, entrance of the evening. And, and you know, Everybody who's everybody and anyone who's anyone, how can you not absolutely love marching bands? I mean, just an asinine, stupid comment. And then thankfully Byron was there to say, you know, you know, Becky Lynch did her entrance and thought it was a grand entrance. But then, of course, Bianca Belair had the grandest, the EST, the grandest entrance. So shout out again, Byron Saxon. But for Becky Lynch, she had an answer for everything. You know, a uh, couple attempts at the disarmor. She had reversals. She had, uh, she was escaping moves. That like I'm just going through my notes here now, just br- and, and then replaying the match in my mind. She had the three snap suplexes or the Becky Sploder Sploder suplexes in a row, and that she was putting on a show. And then uh, that's when the that's when the somersault off the top rope came. I thought, Darren, I thought that possibly Bianca was done after that. So now we switch to Bianca and then her resiliency, like she took that heel right in the face. I thought maybe she could have broke a bone in the face or knocked her out or I didn't know how she was going to react to that. And she dug deep, right? And I mean, she just kept on plugging through. We saw a couple springboards off the ropes by Becky Lynch, uh, Becky Lynch by Bianca Belair and then somersault into the pins and of course went back and forth, back and forth. But, um, 
when they went outside the ring, and then of course I think I had forgotten that you know Bianca had to pin or submit Becky. She couldn't be count like she couldn't went on disqualification or count out right. And then if she lost, uh, so on account of course she wouldn't win the belt. But the point was was that when they were outside, and then Becky Lynch gave her the what's the move called the. I forget what it's called. When she slammed her on the stairs. You remember yes, that, though, yes, right? Yes, I do know what you're talking about. I just can't remember the name of it right now. Yeah, the man manhandle slam uh, onto the stairs. Oh, that, that, I thought that was it. And then Bianca turns around and gets back in. And I, I think it was just before that, too, where... Uh, I think it was before that where Bianca had uh, Becky Lynch held up and then dropped her. I don't know if I've ever... Maybe I've seen it, but that's not a very common move where, where Bianca had... Becky Lynch above her head and then dropped her like straddling the ropes with her neck hitting on one side of the ropes. You remember that in the corner? Yes, I do. And I, I'm not a, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen her do that before. Yeah. Like that's not a common move in general. Right. And they did the 450 no. somersault off the second rope. I mean, that's when the tide started to turn, but um, so we thought then Becky had the manhandle slam outside on the stairs and then, of course, all of a sudden, you know, KOD, one, two, three, and new. And new. So hats off to Bianca Belair. I'm not taking anything away from her. I love her. And, she again, she's athletically gifted, super charismatic, hard worker, physically resilient, uh, you know, for taking the beating that she did. But I, I don't know, man. I was uh, – I don't know how I feel about that result based on everything I just said. And then going to the crowd again, and to your point, I mean, lights out performance. I know we're ranking matches afterward, but that's a 10 out of 10 for me. It was a straight 10 out of 10 match for me. And again, the crowd, silence of the lambs. Not one holy shit, not one this is awesome. It is embarrassing. This this match delivered tenfold, and the crowd did, didn't bat an eyelash. They really didn't. Yeah, no, this this crowd was awful. I'm I'm truly hoping for something better tomorrow night. Um, I I kind of wanted the uh, the hair whip. Um, you know, she Bianca's known for that. You know, she did it to Sasha last year. She she did it to Becky earlier this year as well with the hair whip. And I was I was kind of hoping to get one this year, um, but uh, we never did. So kind of stunk in that sense. But I I overall really enjoyed this match. And uh, like you said, we're doing the the rankings later. But this for sure is the. 10 out of 10 for me as well on that one. Uh, that was a phenomenal match. And, you know, uh, to the crowd tonight, uh, you know, you guys were useless. So we're moving on. Yeah. Got the thumbs down to the crowd. Absolute trash. We're moving on. And uh, a part of me sat and a part of me kind of kind of cried uh, tonight. Not because of Cody Rhodes' return, but because I was, in my mind, I kind of wanted Billy's theory to actually come true. Yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about, uh, we had a gentleman on here, Billy, earlier on the pre-show, who, who in the in the discussion, came up with a theory that instead of it being Cody Rhodes being Seth Rollins' opponent, it would be The Undertaker. After Undertaker, last night at the end of his Hall of Fame ceremony speech, did say, never say never. So uh, Shane and I ran wild with that at the pre-show, and uh, I kind of really wanted that, uh, but uh, I never got it. Um, so 
it, it turned out, you know, we, you know, what everybody thought and what, it, what, it, and what the report said and, and confirmed, you know, it was Cody Rhodes that came out tonight. Um, and, uh, I'll be honest with you, you know, they, they went back and forth. Uh, Seth tried a few things on him. He tried a few things on Seth. I thought it was actually, it, it was a very well played match, and I quite enjoyed it, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, Cody Rhodes, of course, hasn't been in WWE, I think they said, six years now. And uh, so he he looked really good tonight, I thought. Um, it was nice to see him back again. And uh, it was a good match between the two of them for sure, and uh, it we'll see where where this goes if it leads to any more between the two of them. Yeah, this was exactly like you said. I mean, to echo your comments about Billy's theory in the beginning. I was sold on it. <laughs> My heart sold on it that you know we all thought that Seth would be in the ring. We did, well, regardless of the theory, we were on the impression that Vince McMahon was going to announce. Seth's opponent with Seth in the ring and we didn't get any of that. So uh, no appearance from Vince McMahon at all. And, uh, you know, and then we thought he was going to go through the announcement and prior to him, you know, pulling the trigger on the announcement, we hear the gong and then away we go and we get the full undertaker entrance. And then, you know, inevitably Cody Rhodes shows up and Cody and Seth have a match. And of course we didn't get any of that, but so I was disappointed. I didn't see Vince at all. And again, very strange. I don't know if that's related to or tied to any drama that may or may not have happened with the New Day and Sheamus and what have you, or if it's just a time thing, not to go back and beat a dead horse. But uh, it was a great match. What we expected, right, Darren? I mean, we you know we know both of these guys are, are technically sound wrestlers, especially. Uh, Seth Rollins, taking nothing away from Cody Rhodes, but Seth Rollins, you know, has a proven track record in the number one wrestling organization and promotion in the world by a landslide. And sorry, and uh, he didn't disappoint. This was a great match, top to bottom. You know, uh, Corey Graves is much of a hard time. Corey Graves was the one announcing this, right? Yeah, because it was Raw, right? Yeah, it was it was yeah. all three of them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I've given him a hard time throughout the show, and, and he deserves it. But he had some great he had some great moments in here. You know, when he when he called Cody Rhodes, he went from undesirable to undeniable, and then saying the prodigal son has returned. You know, common phrase, but still high impact and then from high above the clouds a certain plumber's son is smiling ear to ear i mean dusty Rhodes is the promo king and i mean anyone i'm sure everyone has but if you haven't remind yourself go on youtube and do uh dusty Rhodes promo and you're not going to get a better promo than that chills top to bottom it, like absolute chills so even thinking about that i watch that from time to time just to get myself going but uh you know, crowd did pop for, for Cody. Uh, again, uh, another lackluster entrance from both of them. Even though, okay, going back to Seth Rollins' entrance, this whole, like, you know, piggybacking Shinsuke's uh, song and then the crowd singing, they're not singing, and it just, it just butchered it. It's just a complete mess. You know, Shinsuke doesn't have it, and then Seth doesn't have it. He kind of has it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's terrible. Well, what was the? What was that? Was that a choir at the beginning of Seth's entrance? Like, what was that? Those random 
goofs standing at the top of the ramp. Oh, oh, fuck! They were doing like what was that? I, I, I didn't enjoy that at all. I, 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 I'm like, why are, why are these random people standing at the top of the ramp doing that? Like, if if we're gonna listen to his music, just freaking start playing it right off the bat. Why do we gotta stand there and listen to a bunch of goofs standing there doing what the fuck they were doing? Yeah, it, it all exactly. It all felt very thrown together. It's a good point because uh, the thing was was that. Um, it did feel very thrown together and haphazard. No one was really, uh, it was weird. So the point is, is that, yeah, like, I mean, Shinsuke's entrance, you know, it's a sing-along. And then, so he's got the choir there and he's kind of using Shinsuke's song. He's kind of not. And these guys, they all look like they were thrown together and all just, you know, randomly just, you know, showed up on the scene, uh, strolled in off the street and, you know, goes back to, you know, Bobby Roode uh, when, you know, when he had the choir, I know I've said this a million times, but NXT, NXT TakeOver, the Survivor Series weekend here, when, you know, Shinsuke's Naka, Shinsuke Nakamura's last, I think it was last match in, in NXT, you know, that was the pinnacle of his entrance. But that same night, what rivaled his entrance was Bobby Roode, and he had a full choir that came out and sang Glorious, and it was magnificent and nothing but chills. So point being is exactly like you said, is that, you know, if you're going to do a choir and you're going to have a proper entrance to it, that was just a whole bunch of, you know, mismatched foolishness, terrible entrance. Cody Rhodes is supposed to make this massive entrance. Yes. He got a pop from the crowd, but there's nothing to the entrance. It's, it's just his normal entrance. Anyway, uh, wrestling wise, it was a great match. There was a lot of back and forth. We saw a lot. I mean, Seth Seth was on full display, Darren. Um, as far as his ability, right? Uh, as far as his wrestling ability, is that uh, I'm just going through now some of the things that were impressive when, uh, well, just something that pops up here. Remember when he shoulder bomb or power bombed uh, Cody into the barricade on the shoulders? That, I mean, I, I didn't know how Cody was going to respond to that. That looked super painful. And Seth used to do that to everyone. Was it Seth or Kevin Owens that used to do to everyone on the apron of the ring, the corner of the ring? Uh, I I can't remember who it is now. Yeah, I think maybe it was, and then you know, remember Seth used to curb stomp people on the corner of the ring on the apron of the ring too. I think he stopped doing that, right? Um, but so he had a couple failed curb stomps, and then uh, there was oh, there was a moment when Cody was on the top rope, and then Seth kind of took his legs out from underneath him, and the way the camera angle was that steel piece that sticks out from the turnbuckle. I don't know if that's used for the fireworks or, or what that's used for, but I mean, Cody Rhodes had a, his face just missed that. Did you catch that there? Yeah, I did, and that is that is for usually uh, that's normally uh, what uh, you would use for the fire that comes out for like Kane. So you know how Kane comes out and he puts slams his arms down and the fire come the the flames come out. Yeah, I do believe yeah. that's what that's yeah. for. Um, so I yeah he he did nearly he missed he missed it by not by very much. Um, and that could have been <laughs> that might not have been very pretty if he had hit that with the with his face. No, that would have been the end of the night. That would have been the end of the night for Cody Rhodes. So I mean that was a very close call. Um, you know. You had uh, Seth Rollins. I'm trying to think now. I'm going from memory. Well, you had you had Cody Rhodes kick out of a pedigree. 
Yeah, Cody Rhodes kicked up. That's right, kicked out of the pedigree. And then you had, like, prior to that too, you had Seth Rollins where he was holding him up. I don't know. Seth Rollins had a couple moments where, uh, what's Seth Rollins move where he holds him up into the? I don't know if it was the power bomb or whatever. This from the suplex, sorry, into a move and then rolls him up, holds on to him, yeah. and then brings him up again. I think he had a moment like that, if I'm remembering correctly. It could be remembering that incorrectly, but you know, Seth was on full display of uh, of all of his ability, right? Yeah. Um. Then he had the the one moment where he had the top rope. He was that's right. Seth was on the top rope, need him to the face, and super kicked him, and then gave him the. I guess what's his face was calling the Falcon Arrow at the suplex, and then he kicked out with two. Then he had two failed curb stomps, and then, you know, Cody Rhodes. I will give him this: is that you know when he when it finally came to an end with the two crossroads, and then he had him up pumping him with the jabs and. Uh, then gave him the final crossroads to finish him. But I really was shocked, man. I don't know what this says. This So just, just to put a bow on it from my perspective is that Seth Rollins, to me, is one of the greatest wrestlers in the WWE. He can wrestle an hour straight with the best of them. He is technically sound. He's amazing on the mic. He's a scumbag for breaking up the shield. I'll never forgive him for that in that chair in the back of Roman Reigns' back. But... He's groveling till the last minute for a match at WrestleMania, gets it, and we, we, we he was deprived of proper buildup, didn't have a match, just one of the greatest wrestlers in wrestling. And then on top of that, his opponent is unknown. And then Seth is a high high profile, extremely talented WWE superstar, and he gets upset by an AEW WWE castaway AEW product comes in drops in out of nowhere and beats Seth Rollins at Wrestlemania like is this where we're at it it all doesn't feel right to me that I was shocked when he lost I was really shocked and disgusted I I I wasn't um to be honest with you uh I had a you know I had a feeling that you know Cody Rhodes was going to come in here and do that to him tonight and beat him um not saying that you know seth didn't deserve to win it but uh i i did think that cody was gonna to to come in here and and beat him and he sure as hell did um but they both gave it all their best all, all the best you know they both gave it their best and uh i quite enjoyed it not as much as you know bianca and and and, and uh, becky's match but I, I did enjoy it for sure yeah agreed and, and again it was it's in that conversation too right i, I think i'm kind of with you on that i'm undecided but it, when i'm undecided I, I think i'm with you on that is that you know it's in the conversation of match of the night i don't think it's as good as bianca and becky lynch but it's in that conversation and once again zero input from the crowd zero how, how many this is awesome chance should we have heard throughout that match unlimited not one well, not just through that match, but through the whole night. Like there was, there were matches where that should have been chanted, and and there should have been other chants as well. And there was nothing. Like it, it, it to, you know, to have you know seventy seven thousand people there and not one chant, and not you know some kind of an eruption for something. It it, it was it really was a, a downer uh, for the night, and and you really got to think like, you know, that's not that's that's also a little difficult to wrestle in front of that. I can't imagine what that's like to wrestle in, in, a, in sort of like a dead crowd because 
you know, everything you're doing, you're not, you're not getting nothing from anybody in the crowd. And so that's got to be a downer to, to everybody there. Yeah, and I and I just I just don't understand it, right? Like it felt like seat fillers. It felt like you know they were dropped down from an alternate universe. Like we all know that anyone who goes to WrestleMania, yes, of course, there's going to be X amount of people from Dallas, but you know that live there. You know, wow, WrestleMania is in our city, but uh, you're not getting casuals at WrestleMania, and then you're getting people flying in from all over the world. Anyone who goes to WrestleMania typically is not just showing up. They're coming for the weekend. They're going to the SmackDown, or they're coming to Access. Or they're going to the Hall of Fame or whatever the structure happens to be that year, or NXT, they're buying the weekend pass. And then now with the day one and day two, let's assume they're buying both nights. But regardless, they're making a trip out of it. They're not just showing up, walking in the door, and they happen to be there for that one night. So, you know, it, it's a fair assumption that, you know, 90, 95%, if not 100% of everyone in the building is a hardcore wrestling WWE fan. And then if that being said, why was it dead? It doesn't. It doesn't add up. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. No, it, it definitely does not make any sense. Um, but we uh, we'll see what happens in the future, and hopefully tomorrow night. Hopefully tomorrow night they're a lot better. Um, I'm really hoping that there's there's some chance and there's a, a louder volume to the fans than there was tonight. That's for sure. So we're gonna move on, and uh, we're gonna just uh, quickly talk about the Hall of Fame inductees again. Um, of course, you know, we did get our, our little taste of the undertaker, uh, during that, which was nice, you know, the gong and the whole, whole music and all that kind of stuff. It was nice to see, um, as they always bring them out at, uh, at WrestleMania. So it was good to see them again. Um, congratulations to all of them yet again. And, uh, I enjoyed that last night for sure. Yeah. So here's the thing. I completely, so when we were going through our whole, undertaker theory i completely forgot that the hall of fame or maybe i did like i mean i know that they do this during wrestlemania but i don't think we even touched on this in the pre-show whether it was going to happen tonight or tomorrow but just completely forgot about it in general that all the hall of fame recipients were going to be introduced so then it i was thinking to myself okay it makes sense here now meaning that this is how we're going to see the undertaker's entrance so we are going to get it in the end and i gotta say and again, no disrespect to the Undertaker. I, I, like I know he's your number one. I love him. I do love him. He's not my number one, but I do love him, obviously. And uh, but and I do. I was torn, but I completely understood how he wanted to come out as Mark Calloway last night, and he wanted to come out as himself. But we were, you know, we were blessed with the Undertaker outfits. But Darren, to not come out tonight as the undertaker completely in full undertaker attire because we got the gong to not give us the full entrance to the ring and stand in the middle of the ring as the undertaker. uh, I was disgusted. And to me that, you know, that was unacceptable. I was extremely disappointed because this came after we had thought we were going to get the under, or we had worked ourselves up into a frenzy thinking we were going to get the Undertaker during the Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes match. We didn't get Vince McMahon. We didn't get the Undertaker. And then as soon as I saw the Hall of Fame recipients coming out, I thought to myself, wow, 
all is right in the universe. We are going to get Vince McMahon. He is going to come out. He is going to introduce the Undertaker. We're going to get the full entrance, and we didn't get any of that. And although we got the you know the, a, a part of the entrance and the music, uh, to me, better than nothing. However, I was extremely disappointed, and I really would like to hear your thoughts on that, knowing how you feel about The Undertaker, uh, just what you were – if you don't mind, is I'd like to know what you were thinking. Is that So you're coming off the heels – or I'm assuming we're coming off the heels of a letdown from the fact that we didn't see The Undertaker when we thought we would, and then immediately after the Hall of Fame, and then our, did you think the same thing as me? Like, wow, so you know we are going to get it, and then let down again when he wasn't at The Undertaker. Like, Take me through your thoughts on that a little bit, please. I, um, I'll be honest with you. I was more disappointed that he didn't show up during the match or for the match. Um, but with the Hall of Fame thing, it would have been nice for him to be, you know, dressed fully because he did take the hat and the jacket with him last night. We do know that. It would have been nice for him to do that. But to your point of him going all the way down to the ring, uh, I, I was not expecting him to do that at all because none of them has ever done that. Uh, to my recollection, when they've been introduced, the Hall of Famers, at WrestleMania, none of them have gone down to the full ring. So I was not expecting that. So there was no let down for me to part of that because it never has happened in the past. Um, would it have been nice for him to be in the hat, the long jacket and everything? Yes. But yet again, he's, he's trying to be the Mark Calloway rather than the undertaker. So I could, I understood why he didn't show up in the hat and the jacket. Um, you know, it, it would have been better that way, but I understand it. So, yes, I was disappointed, but at the, at the same time, I also understood what he's doing and what didn't happen. It didn't happen, but, you know, like I said, it normally doesn't happen with them. They don't normally go to the ring, so I, I wasn't expecting it, so there was no disappointment for me in that part. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'd love to hear from everybody in the comments on what they thought about that moment and how they felt about The Undertaker and if anyone had sort of the same thoughts about is The Undertaker going to show up in some capacity this evening or did everyone know that he was going to show up at the Hall of Fame? Did everyone else remember that? Uh, Love to hear what everyone thought. And I guess my final thought in the Hall of Fame, and we both agree, is that uh, I'm dating myself, but, uh, you know, a black onyx ring that looks like it's picked up from Burks in the mall, unacceptable for Hall of Famers. These things should be rocks. They should look like, you know, Super Bowl rings. That's what they should be looking like, even bigger, because winning the Super Bowl is not as big a deal as being in the WWE WrestleMania, WWE Hall of Fame, not even on the same in the same galaxy. So I think, you know, we both feel that way about the rings and it needs to be revamped. And when it's revamped, I hope we live to see it. Everyone who's ever got a ring needs to be reissued. Absolutely. Yeah, those rings are those rings are terrible. I uh they they're high school rings that uh, I think Vince just got from random friends back in the day and just kept them all and just has put the WWE logo on them now. <laughs> so so we're gonna move on to Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. And and I give a lackluster woo because we're working I don't know where everyone where everyone's calling from, but we're we're on Eastern Standard Time. We're on East Coast. It's 2 o'clock in the morning here. And uh, we still have some things to talk about. But I say I give a lackluster woo because uh, I'm wearing down a little bit. Talk to me about this match, Darren, please. Dangerous Darren Davis. 
I was highly disappointed, man. Um, that that fucking ref, uh, Charles Robinson, I believe his name is. And uh, let's be honest, man. If it wasn't for that clown going down tonight, we would have a new champion, and we would have had the queen in all of her non-glory walking away out of WrestleMania, no more champion, and I would have been as thrilled to bits as that. Uh, Ronda's not done with her. Ronda's coming back, and Ronda's going to give her an ass kicking. And... I don't know, man. I was not happy with that. Charlotte tapped. That was the end of it. As much as Charlotte took out the referee. But uh, I was not happy. I was not happy with the way that ended at all. Mm. It was a good match. Don't get me wrong. But uh, that fucking ref went down. And, uh, of course, you know, that's when she taps. But was not seen. So she gets she walks away this time. But there'll be next time. And she's not walking away the next time with it. That's for sure. Ronda's going to kick her ass even more next time. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Best said by Pat McAfee is that that's why queens are queens, champions are champions, and flares are flares. Woo! Listen, you know, flares, dirtiest players in the game, you know, you got to be prepared, man. Like my man Floyd Mayweather says, protect yourself at all times. You know, Ronda Rousey, fair enough. Ref goes down. If she, you know, Charlotte didn't tap out. You know how she? we know she didn't tap out? She didn't tap out. No bell rang. Ronda didn't win by submission. So, you know, whatever people thought they saw, whatever people thought happened. It, oh, uh, whoa, 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 hold on. Slow your roll. For just a second here. We you know clear as day she tapped. We all saw she tapped. There was tapping, she tapped fifty times. And just because Charles goofball Robinson is laying in the corner because he got speared, holding his head like he was got a kick to the head, like he got speared, buddy, relax. You know, you didn't get kicked to the head or nothing like that. You got speared, so calm yourself. Um she tapped. She said she's never tapped before. Well, guess what? She's tapped. She shouldn't be champion. That's all I'm going to say. You saw well, it, and you can't deny you didn't see it. Well, let the record show. The record books will show that she did not tap. So we shall agree to disagree, my friend. The same way that uh, she got her leg on the rope. This is a savvy wrestler. This is someone who's been around the block a million times. Ronda Rousey, you know, for all intents and purposes, is new to the game. Although I will say this, Ronda Rousey and Michael Cole said, you know, spoke on it as well, is that, you know, he was impressed by her wrestling skills, and so was I. You know, she's been honing her skills. So those sessions with Shayna Baszler obviously have paid dividends. I think Ronda Rousey might even have a ring. at her ranch. Something tells me I saw that somewhere is that she put a ring there practicing. But uh, again, same situation. Sorry, one moment. Sorry, same situation for Ronda Rousey is that, you know, here's Ronda Rousey. Uh, now she didn't leave wrestling, uh, and then immediately start a family. But after she removed herself from wrestling, then she started the family. But, uh, so, and then, so she's been away from wrestling for a long time. Then, uh, she had a child and then she came back immediately. I mean, her, her, uh, child's very young. Same with Becky Lynch. She came back immediately and came back big, bigger, badder and, and, and better. 
So both now, uh, Becky Lynch is leaps and bounds as far as wrestling uh, ability ahead of Ronda Rousey from her own WWE background. But Ronda Rousey, this is the best she's ever wrestled. So as far as wrestling moves, she, she's continuing to grow, pulling out more and more moves, and she's been putting in work. So, and again, I have a love hate relationship with Ronda Rousey, but when she went over to gather the referee she should know better she should have been paying attention while she was doing that right and and, you know having eyes in the back of her head she didn't and there you go you take a boot to the face one two three right and still you know and for that match and you know in all of its glory that there was until the end of course um you you really go down and you, you get pinned with a boot to the face I, I was kind of disappointed with that ending, you know. Not it wasn't like you know you were speared or nothing like that. You went down with a boot to the face, and that's how you lost. Uh, I was, uh, you know, as much as I wanted Ronda to win, I was not happy that she lost to a boot in the face. I, I was expecting a little better um, pin rather than just losing to a boot in the face. I think it's a fair point because I think I think it's a fair point that you're making because Ronda was the, now we had someone uh, earlier what was it the first person oh uh, Drew McIntyre being the first person ever to kick out of End of Days and then uh, based on what Pat and and Michael Cole were saying is that Ronda Rousey's the first one ever to get out of the figure eight right that's what they said uh, so I'm assuming it's true I mean they, they said that so then to turn around and look but I think the fact that it was unexpected too like you know if you see a shot coming then it doesn't have as much impact as if you don't see a shot coming. So she didn't see it coming. I do get your point is that, you know, Charlotte hit her with the natural selection earlier, didn't end it. That hit her with the figure eight, didn't end it. And, you know, and then all it all ends with just a boot to the face, not a finishing move. So it is a valid point, even if it came out of nowhere. I agree is that a match of this magnitude with the belt on the line at WrestleMania must end in a, in a signature finishing move to, to properly end, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it it was sort of a downfall to that, you know. Not only did we get the downfall that that stupid ref laid on the ground like a goofball because he got speared and holding his head for whatever reason that was, um, and now we got uh, Ronda losing to a, a kick to the face. Like I'm not uh, I'm not happy about that for sure. Uh, she that, that definitely could have ended a lot better and a lot differently. Um, and I I just uh, next time. Next time we'll we'll be better. <laughs> Next time, yeah. So we're talking about this time. So here's what I would say to you. Let me give a quick rundown. I know that uh, there's a couple things on this match because I mean now we're at the end, right? The next match we have to talk about. We started with this match, so we're just gonna you know briefly go through Stone Cold and Kevin Owens, but uh, because that's what we started off with. You know, for anyone joining us for the first time, this is Talk That Talk the official live fan reaction call-in show. Uh, I hope to have everyone back on a regular basis. I hope, you know, I know WrestleMania brings everybody out, but, you know, week in and week out, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to love about everything that is the WWE since the beginning of time. And certainly now everything's clicking on all cylinders. We're here 30 minutes before every Raw, SmackDown, and of course every pay-per-view and immediately following all. And then we're live tweeting and uh, interacting on Twitter, on Off the Hook's Twitter, at The Signal is Busy, throughout every single show. So, lackluster entrances again by both. This is a massive match. Belts on the line. 
this was this is this was uh, unbeknownst to all of us that it was not going to be the main event until you know recent uh, rumblings leading up to this. But you know, for all intents and purposes, this was the main event for quote unquote WrestleMania Day One until it got switched around us at the end. So a match of this magnitude, lackluster entrances, ho hum. Run-of-the-mill entrances, number one, extremely disappointing. Two, listen, Ronda Rousey, when she used to compete in the UFC, like there was a presence, just the way that she presented herself, is that, you know, uh, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, we're going Bailey now, we're going... Becky, did I say Becky Lynch? Yeah, I forget who else I'm missing. But the point is, is that you got to present yourself in a certain way in the ring. Uh, Ronda Rousey, like the, the the way she's got the you don't you don't need all this extra the 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 way she does her makeup on her eyes or whatever. It doesn't make any sense. That's not how she walks around normally. Not necessary. And you know she's changed her outfit a million times. I'm nitpicking now, but these are relevant things to me. Is that she's changed her outfit a million times? Like you got to settle on what how you're presenting yourself and stick to it. And on top of that, you know you've had forever and a day to prepare yourself for WrestleMania. Uh, it's constantly fidgeting with her outfit. You don't see any WWE superstars, male or female, doing that. She used to do that in the UFC too. I don't know if it's a nervous twitch or not. It's annoying. It's distracting. Takes her mind off of the match. Also leaves her susceptible. You know for someone else getting shots and when she's fooling around uh so uh those few things got on my nerves crowd was useless again but again hats off once again you're talking charlotte flair's arguably the best wrestler but i'll tell you right now i'm talking technical ability i'm telling you right now she's getting a run for her money now as everyone like you know bianca belair becky lynch put on a show tonight in my opinion as far as uh on the women's side of things becky lynch was arguably the best wrestler tonight but ronda rousey really held her own tonight darren i mean she pulled out a lot of moves when they were going back and forth on the top rope there for a while and i know ronda's done some top rope work for us before in the past but you know again it it was impressive man it really was and then ronda you could see right below her neck you know she had a lot of i don't know how she got all those red marks there she took i don't know where that came about i don't know if it was a chop or if you remember where she got that but you saw that throughout the match i mean you know she kept a took a licking and kept on ticking just like uh, bianca belair did earlier with becky lynch right Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm not sure where she got the red marks, to be honest with you. Um, but no, she took a beating. They both did. Um, and uh, it's it's she she really was improved tonight. I'm very impressive tonight with the wrestling uh, skills that she brought. I was very impressed with that um, because I know her first WrestleMania match with Kurt Angle wasn't the greatest of all showings that she had. So it was nice to see that she's really improved on those. And she was able to give Charlotte um, a good match tonight uh, for the championship as much as she didn't walk away as the winner. It was still very impressive of what she brought. Absolutely. And I mean, I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that, so we, we talk, we started, you know, for anyone, uh, you know, who's going to join us moving forward on Talk That Talk, you know, immediately following 
the events that we're covering, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, or tonight, WrestleMania Day 1, we start because we're all flying high with the last match. I mean, that's where the immediate reaction comes from. That's where we want to get it out of our system. We don't want to try to uh, you know, bury it and then have to wait an entire show to get to it. So we went through the Stone Cold and uh, KO match in depth. We probably talked about it for a half hour to start the show. So uh, for anyone who wants to talk about the final match of any given show, please tune in early because that's what we get to in the beginning. I don't know. Thoughts, Darren? For anyone in the comments, uh, anyone, what do you think, Darren? I think, you know, I'll let you make the final decision here, but, you know, it's 2-11. I'm thinking maybe now uh, you bring us through all the matches and you give your score, I give my score, and anyone who wants to come in, you know, they want to give their score and, and give their two cents on it. We're going to usher everybody in, in and out. Give your two cents, give your score. We'd love to hear from everybody. You think this is appropriate time? Absolutely, yeah. We're giving you like 30 seconds. You give us your indication of what you like, what you didn't like quickly out of the match, and what you give it a rating. If you don't want to talk, you want to just leave it in the discussion, that's fine. I will gladly read them as you guys put them out there. Uh, we understand that it's late and not everybody might be up to talking at this time of night or depending on how early it is where you're all coming from. So we're going to start back at the beginning again, um, which is the Usos and Shinsuke versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs to the Tom. Um, for the... SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Uh, I'm giving this match a 5 out of 10. You read my mind. I'm giving it a 5 out of 10 as well. You know, couldn't, it's just didn't, that's what I was expecting coming in. Uh, we got, we had a request earlier from DeAndre. Let's see if DeAndre wants to weigh in and give his score on this match. Uh, when we bring you in, please uh, let us know where you're calling from. And then we'd love to hear the score. No, DeAndre didn't put a request in. So right now we have no requests, so we'll move along. If anyone wants to weigh in again in the comments or you want to give your score and uh, and speak, let us know. Oh, no, I think he's here. DeAndre, you got a score. Where are you calling from? And you got a score for us on this match, my man? No, I don't know. Okay. Take us through, Dan. Uh, next would be Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Now, I would love to have given this match a higher rating. Um, you know, Drew is my man. Um, and I think it would have been great for him to be, to do better. But yet again, I'm sticking with the score I gave the previous and I'm going to five for this one. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's interesting because I know he's your man and I know that uh, you probably want to give him a higher score. Is that, uh, uh, Part of me wanted to give him a little bit more. I think I am. I think I'm going to bump him up to a six. The reason being is that uh, I, I was very disappointed he didn't do it near what he should have done. But uh, he gave us a little. And then uh, it, over the, t- the move over the top rope, really, you know, that's what's bumping me up to a six. And then, of course, Angela taking the house down later on. So I'm going to give that a six out of ten. All right. And then we've got Raymond, the Mysterials versus uh, the Miz and Logan Paul. Uh, I'm not a huge Miz fan. Is. He can he can Z list himself off and to the sunset and never come back for all I care. Um, but I will give this match a seven out of ten. 
See, this is why this is why we work well together. Is that uh, you know we're on the same wavelength. I'm giving that a seven as well. I thought that uh, you know certainly it, it wasn't the best match of the night, but I mean uh, it delivered. There was a lot of there was a lot of moves executed. Uh, Logan Paul held up his end of the bargain. The Mysterios never disappoint. Dominic's my man. Uh, there were you know Logan, like I said, Logan Paul did his part, and then the Miz. You know he's one slippery son of a gun, man, and then he ended. The properly with uh, skull crushing finales for everyone. You get a skull crushing finale. You get a skull crushing finale. Seven out of ten. Absolutely. Um, then we're moving on to um, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Now we both mentioned it uh, as we talked about this match, and my score still stays the same. Perfect ten out of ten for me on that one. Sorry, absolutely ten out of ten. Brought the house down. Uh, everyone in attendance, zero, negative 5,000 out of 10. Uh, these two women put on an absolute clinic on how a WrestleMania match should be. Titles on the line, brought the house down. Uh, Becky Lynch really, really put on a show. Showed out Bianca Belair and knew and forgetting the win. But, you know, Bianca Belair was... the. Uh, Becky Lynch was the real star here, and the winners were everyone that was watching. 10 out of 10. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, I'm going an 8.5 on this one. I thought it was very good. It was quite entertaining. Both men had their chances. Both men, you know, uh, you know, uh, kicked out of certain things. Um, so I'm going 8.5 out of 10 on this one. Yeah, interesting. We're, we're almost there. I'm going 8. I'm going eight. Uh, I'm factoring in, I guess, uh, for the build up to this. And, and so before we worked ourselves into a frenzy, expected Vince to announce the undertaker. So that's factoring into my score as well. But before we even got into that and we were expecting just straight up Seth and Cody uh, Rhodes is that, you know, even though the crowd reacted, I wanted, you know, an extravaganza for Cody Rhodes's entrance. And then Seth Rollins should be bringing nothing but fire for his entrance instead of, you know, whatever he did in ring. It was fantastic. It was an awesome, match but uh didn't like the result and and like i said is that you know the undertaker not being there and me kind of having that in the back of my mind no vince what have you eight out of ten fantastic match though absolutely absolutely um we're gonna oh geez i lost my thing uh we're moving on to charlotte flair and ronda rousey um I, i i'm giving this a nine uh you know, if it wasn't for that goofball of a referee that fucked this up, it would have been 10. But uh, because of that, and uh, I'm going to give it a 10. Uh, nine, sorry. Your thoughts? Wow, it's interesting. I'm torn. I, I might have to go with your score on the previous one on eight and a half. I mean, I was going to go on eight. You know, just I'll get my final score on in five, six seconds, five, ten seconds here. So I guess the thing was was that again, entrances fell short for me. Um, we didn't get we didn't get a moonsault from Charlotte Flair outside the ring, did we? Or even inside the ring? I don't think she tried one and didn't land it. Right? She landed on her feet. No. Yeah, it fell short there for me as well. Um, and, and it didn't end in a finisher. It was a great match. 
And the better wrestler won, regardless of the outcome, in my opinion. And Ronda did show up and show out. But it, it still left me, it didn't leave me with, certainly didn't leave me with the feeling of Becky and Bianca. And I don't even know if it quite left me with maybe a little bit of the same wavelength. I gave Seth and Cody an eight, right? Yeah, it's, it's in that realm for me. 8.5. I'm going 8.5 because it, it, it did edge that out. And about 8.5. All right, no problem. And then we get to the uh, the event of the night, which is, well, the main event of the night, I guess you could say, which is uh, the KO show with uh, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that, to me, was a pure 10 out of 10 as well, uh, just for the main fact of what Stone Cold brought tonight. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, none of us thought Stone Cold was going to bring what he brought tonight. None of us thought that he was going to be able to do what he did tonight. So good on him for bringing it. Good on him for looking as good as he did. And, uh, you know, good on him for giving Kevin Owens one hell of a fight tonight. And so for me, it's a 10 out of 10 on this one. Agreed 100%. I could beat this to a pulp on how I feel about this match. And the infamous words of, for anyone who remembers, what's the like I said, talk that talk, the official live fan reaction call-in show before and after every Raw Smackdown a pay-per-view. We broadcast live from Toronto. And what's the wrestler's name that came up from NXT? And he's actually from Niagara Falls, which isn't, of course, everyone in the United States is familiar with Niagara Falls. You have the Buffalo side. We have the Niagara Falls side. Uh, What was his name? And then, you know, he was, everyone used to go 10, 10 for his chant. What was his name? You know what I'm talking about, right? So what, while you yeah. figure that out for me, sorry, is that uh, – so if any of them recalls, I don't know if it was on a pay-per-view or if, what it was. I believe it was a pay-per-view when he wrestled here possibly for the first time and then for whatever – so the chant is 10-10-10. And then remember that we started that here in Toronto. We started it. Is that when – he was tossed out of the ring and the referee was counting one to everyone. In the crowd started going 10, 10, right from one. You remember that? And that's, and that's stuck. Ooh, yes, yes. Now it still lingers a little bit. It's kind of fallen off a little bit, but that stuck for years for raw SmackDown pay-per-views. Anytime anyone was outside the ring, as soon as they were out and the referee was counting with one. So I echo those comments for this match. 10, 10, 10. I get such a kick. It was so good. And I love the fact that it originated in Toronto. Ty Dillinger. That's right. And again, even though we talked about this in the, at the beginning of talk that talk stone cold, dug deep, dug deep. He couldn't give us a better match. If this was in his prime back in the nineties in the attitude era, we would have given this a 10 out of 10. In my opinion, he gave us everything that we could have possibly asked for the entrance, the ATV, the beers, the stunners, the, uh, on the table, the spitting the beer on him. I still don't know if we have a beer count, probably 24 beers throughout it into the crowd, uh, had the wooden knees working, you know, took a couple licks himself. And then, uh, two stunners on Kevin Owens took a 
twist on her and kicked out too. And then got on the ATV, ch- chased Kevin Owens down, ATV up on the ramp, suplex on the ramp, got him back in the ring. One, got his brother in there pumping beers, gave the crowd everything they wanted, gave us the beginning, went with the hell yes and the what's, and then gave the stunner to Byron Saxton, and then gave a shout out to Dallas. Just absolutely impeccable. We'll be talking about this with our grandchildren and for years to come. 10, 10, 10, 10. Okay, so my my next question to you quickly. Um, overall for tonight, what's your overall rating for the entire show? I'll give you a second to think and I'll, I'll go first. Um, I'm giving this a this tonight I'm giving it an 8. Um only because, like you say, the entrances weren't there tonight, the crowd wasn't there tonight, and, you know, there was some aspects of the show that were missing that we could have really have had better going for us. So for that reason, I'm giving it an 8. We agree 100%. I think we're seeing things very similar tonight. And, uh, you know, of course, we're going to have different opinions on many things. And, and, and that's the beauty of being wrestling fans. But I think we see the night the same. And the fact that uh, exactly as you said, is that the, the entrances weren't there. Uh, America, the beautiful wasn't there for me. The entrances weren't there. The crowd was dead. However, uh, what really saved the day were the two women's title matches and truth be told if stone cold and kevin owens didn't have a match and we didn't get that and we just got some form of the ko show it would have been a seven uh that that's what i think uh but solid eight out of ten and again i'm very forgiving when it comes to wrestling in general and especially wrestlemania so uh we're just happy to be a part of it and join it and really appreciate everyone tuning in hope everyone joins us for day two tomorrow but yeah solid eight out of ten and again that being said i enjoyed every moment of it uh but one last time really disappointed in the crowd Uh, the wwe universe is what makes wrestling Right, signs were back in full effect. Uh, there were some good signs in the crowd as well. And then for anyone who's following off the hook at the Signals Busy on Twitter, during every show, we put the hashtag out to share your sign. Make your homemade sign, as we all should, uh, because the signs are such an important part of wrestling and such you know something that's near and dear to any true wrestling fan is that while you're watching the event and have your sign, Take a screenshot, uh, take a selfie of yourself, your sign, watching it, and we put the hashtag out on Twitter at the signal is busy every show. Eight out of ten. So, just a reminder to everybody tomorrow, uh, keep an eye out if you follow us on Twitter. We will put out what time our pre show is starting. We have yet to confirm what time we're going to go on. So, we'd love for everybody here tonight to join us for that. And then again, following immediately following night two of WrestleMania. We'd love you all to join us again for the exact same thing as we went through tonight, exact same order. And uh, just so you know, love to hear everybody's opinions, thoughts, hates, dislikes, loves, comments, anything you got to share to this, we'd love to hear from you. So just remember, keep an eye on Twitter. You'll get our confirmation time starting for tomorrow's pre-show. And of course, once WrestleMania ends tomorrow night, hop on here and Join us. We'd love to hear everybody's comments. And uh, thank you to everybody for listening tonight. Um, Anybody got anything they want to say quickly before we leave? We'll give you 30 seconds if you've got anything. If not, Shane, 
Any last comments, and please do the wonderful singing and sending us off for the night. I say good night to everybody. We all love wrestling. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow night. And don't you ever forget to do what? Keep on talking in the free world. <laughs>